Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Okay. For a second there, I was like, "Did I turn the Did I turn the microphones on?" I'm sure. I'm sure oh, let us know. Uh, yeah, we'll find <laughs> out, right? <sighs> Welcome everyone to the H2O podcast. My name is Jason Hunt, and I am Timothy Harvey. And just for a moment, I'm going to uh, brag on my Mrs. Boss. I don't deserve her, but you know, every now and again, she ignores that and does something nice so uh, I guess in re- in in return for finishing the living room because uh, the project has been painting the walls and doing all that right, right. Um, this shows up tonight this is the new tree topper from Hallmark it uh, lights up and oh. plays the theme and all these sure, things. Sure, sure. And then when you connect it to the three mirror mirror ornaments that go with it, they play out pretty much the whole mirror mirror episode with winky blinkies. So <laughs> that'll be that uh, that's a, a nice little very nice addition to the collection there. Of course we're getting enough now that I'm gonna have to do a Star Trek tree off somewhere else so hello robert in the chat welcome and uh what a mess what a mess we have here now earlier today okay so let me let me back up because thursday and we'll circle back to this but thursday we had the Disney Investor Day presentation, mm-hmm. which I think has been impacted by this. Uh, and then Friday night over on Ranker Pit, we did a discussion of all of the, the Disney Star Wars stuff. So as things are rolling out, I just wanted to let everybody know, because I talked on today's Live from the Bunker, talked about the rest of the Disney lineup. Because that kind of factors in to this. Because tonight we're talking about the Warner Brothers HBO Max decision and the subsequent meltdown, I guess you could describe it, uh, in Hollywood. And it is from all corners. It, it's it's not just... Let me pull that closer. It's not just one or two people it's everybody it's mm-hmm. the talent agencies it's the unions it's the performers uh, you know, it's, this thing has just blown up oh, yeah. so basically just to get everybody up to speed what, what happened a couple of weeks ago AT&T and Warner Media the, the top tier ownership of the companies made the announcement that the 2021 movie slate 
17 films. This is not this is not a small thing. 17 films were going to follow the model that they set up for Wonder Woman 1984. Right. Which is theatrical release and HBO Max on the same day for the first 30 days. Mm-hmm. After which it goes away from HBO Max, plays out in the theater, and then eventually <coughs> comes back to your traditional home theater, you know, right. video on demand, streaming, whatever. And the deal that was struck for Wonder Woman, they, Warner Brothers went to the talent agencies for Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins because they're the big stars for this thing right. and they've got to be on board with it. So they paid a fee. Mm-hmm. They basically said, okay, we're going to buy you off and you're going to say this is a great, wonderful thing. And this decision comes out. And of course, Patty Jenkins says, you know, this is the way we got to get it out. You know, I want it to be out on theaters. This is the way we're going to do it. And a lot of people made note of the fact that Patty Jenkins now was singing a different tune, almost, seems like. Because she had been big on. We're going to theaters, we're going to theaters, we're going to theaters. We're not going to skip, we're going to theaters. And now suddenly, you're not. And the 17 films for 2021, they made this announcement, and they told people about 90 minutes before they made the announcement. So all of their finance partners, talent agencies, whoever in the various different chains of communication were notified just shy of the last minute. And now there is a lot of angry talk and sharply worded letters as it's been described. Um, We will discover how good everyone's legal teams are. Oh, my goodness. I would not want to be in the middle of all of this. Uh, Just... No. And and, and perfectly, to be be perfectly blunt, they could have avoided this if they had all done what they'd done with Patty Jenkins and and Cal Gadot and said, here's some money, we're going to do this thing. And, And you may not have liked it, but this is not new in the industry at all. Um, well, except it kind of is. Well, no, the, mean, the, the studio deciding to do a thing and giving money to the people involved, well, that's true. That's true. Whether, whether it's in the form of a contract or going, hey, look, your film yeah. is going to sit on the shelf for the next four years, but here's this other deal we'll do for you. Well, here's this, you know. You're a good not- example of that is Fantastic Beasts 3, mm. where we're going to replace Johnny Depp but we're going to pay him his entire fee of $10 million for the one scene he shot so he doesn't cause trouble. Right, and and this is not remotely new in Hollywood. This no. goes, take this all the way back to the earliest days, folks. This is how it works. <clears throat> for yeah. good or for ill, and you can argue that for ill, sure, but it's business, and there's a business. This is what you do, and we've mentioned more than once on this show that if you're going to Hollywood for art... It's a lovely thought, <laughs> yeah. and maybe you can be lucky enough to pull it off, but it is a business, and they're going to run it like one. Yeah, ask, this ask, is, uh, ask George Lucas about making film for art. 
Well, ask. There's a lot of filmmakers. You, there's a there's a lot of filmmakers who are able to make art who spend a lot of time yeah. not making art because it made money. So that's a thing in itself. But that's kind of over here because when it comes to contracts <laughs> and what, ah, uh, I'm sure that the litigation, the litigation will be a thing. Yeah. Oh, Thomas is big. Okay, well, what does Thomas say on Facebook? If they send me money, I'll highly praise it too. If they send me money, I'll highly praise it too. Well, you that's, know, I mean, that's and and quite frankly, the you know the idea that they would go and and for if anyone and your opinion is your opinion, right? But quite frankly, in terms of going to Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot and saying, "Here's the money. This is what we're going to do with your film." That's how the business works, and them well, saying, "Okay, well, I'm going to say the nice thing because." You guys gave me the money for it. Yes. But, in this particular case, when you're talking about 17 different films, the legal and financial ramifications of such, mm. yes, you could do that in theory. What you're saying is, you know, what we did with Gal and Patty, we'll do that with everybody. Mm -hmm. But you're looking at a lot of actors. Oh, yeah. A lot of directors and producers and all that. I mean, you're talking about a gob of money. Sure. Mm -hmm. And... Yes, I'm, I'm, you, you, you are. You yeah, also, there's no question. <laughs> you also have to have to consider the impact on the back end mm -hmm. because uh, a little inside baseball. There's this thing called points. Let's see if I can do math within math here. This is you know, this this will hurt my brain, but here we go. So could be fun to watch. Movie movie <laughs> costs X dollars to make, right. and then about that same amount for marketing and distribution. You got to make the copies and which is insane, and I isn't know, it? Right? Well, especially now. What? Well, yeah. I would say that probably the costs are a little bit less now because you're sending out digital files of yeah, the movies, but not still. prints, but still. So you've got all of this cost in making the film. Right. The way everything works is that your movie theaters and your movie studios split the gate, which is basically all of the tickets that are sold, a certain percentage for a certain number of weeks goes to the studio, and a certain percentage goes to... They do the split, whether it's 60-40, 50-50, whatever. And figuring out the balance, just a little hint, there's a reason your popcorn costs as much as going to the movie. Yeah, because the concessions that are pretty much are how... The movie theaters make their money, right? Because they're not—they're not, they don't, they're they not don't making. Make a lot. Okay, and and we're talking about really large sums of money, but we're also talking about really large overhead for running a movie theater. Yeah. All right. Well, you also have the the sliding scale on this. Mm -hmm. So, studio gets certain amount, theater gets a certain amount. That changes after a certain number of weeks. That the studio takes less. It's complex math. But as you go through this. Mm -hmm. The money that the studio is taking, ostensibly, is supposed to cover the expenses of making the film, marketing the film, distributing the film, di distributing the film. So all of those expenses have to be covered. Which is how you can end up with a film that has cost four hundred million to make, and it makes six hundred million. Yeah, and it and Hollywood would say describes that as a failure. Now. You sitting at home going, 
It made $600 million. How is that a failure? Well, it's because Hollywood math... No. Hollywood math is actual math. It's actual finance. Yeah, but, but it's, it's manipulated math. But in those cases where the movie makes money, if it makes a profit, mm-hmm. past making all the expenses and the profit thing, then you have participation points, profit participation points. So what they'll do is a, a, an X percent of the profit, say we take 5% of whatever our profit is, and that becomes our 100 to split out among all of the different people who are getting points. Right. Okay, so 100 points is 5% of profit. Right, and one of the reasons that, that somebody involved with a, a film or as an actor or as a, or as a director or anything would take these points is because the studio has come to them and said, we will give you this back-end points so we don't have to pay you this much right. in advance. And we'll give you an upfront fee and then on the back end. Mm-hmm. And sometimes this is a very attractive thing for an actor or a director or a cinematographer. There are reasons why this is a model that actually has been around for quite a while. And in some cases has been very, very profitable for people. Yeah. So it, and, and, and It's a risk, by the way. And it could also be something like, you know, if the movie makes... 300 million by X number of days in the theater, then you get a bonus. You know, all of this stuff is built into the contract. So if you have point participation and you say you're getting two points on the back end, you're getting 2% of that 5% of the profit. It could be a lot of money. And in the case of, say, a superhero movie, um, that's a Porsche. And well, and and this is, and this is why you would go to somebody's agent and say hey here's this money we're going to give you because we're doing it this way because right. the odds of those points on the back end going away the, the problem, increases greatly yeah but this the problem way. with that is given given how the circumstances are and your mileage may vary on on opinions about all of that but there's no way to really use the usual model to predict what people would have made Mm-hmm. If they were doing this normally and it was, uh, you know, we just get the points on the back end. But so, we're also in a situation right now. And the reason why all of this is happening is that currently revenues in movie theaters are not what they would be at any other time. Right. There's a pandemic going on. People are not going to the movie theaters in That's the numbers true. that they were before. That's and true. so. Warner Brothers, well, AT&T and Warner Media are making a calculation here. They're looking at this array of situation. Yeah. And, and it's all part of a bigger problem that they have. It's not just this. But if it is an example, and one of the things that they keep, people keep bringing up, Tenet. Yeah. So, of course. And what did Christopher Nolan say? He said, Hollywood's going to learn the wrong lesson from this, and they did. Mm, so we'll get into this a little bit more because I have I have feelings about, and I could very easily be wrong, but I have feelings about what the long term effects of this are going to be. You wrong? Oh, pshaw. We'll see exactly. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, but and and quite frankly, Christopher Tennant or Christopher Tennant. <laughs> well, I mean, alternate universe, maybe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So 
I mean, yes. With with something, this is a filmmaker who, quite frankly, um, has never been shy about his opinion of how things should be with his films, and that's fine. I'm completely on board. It's his vision. It's his films. He wants it shot on film. He wants it on big screens. He wants it in IMAX. He's got big ideas. He wants to do cool things. I'm completely on board. I wish he knew how to mix audio because he doesn't. (laughs) I don't care. Um, I've seen Tenet. It's mostly unintelligible. It's, It's gorgeous as hell, but it's... Thomas says that box office gross this year, as of this weekend, was just over two billion. Last year, it was eleven point three billion. So it is quite a big hit. Yeah, well, yeah it's a definite. There's no hit. question about that. Um, but you also have AT and T buying Time Warner Media, which involved assuming a huge amount of debt. Mm-hmm. Because Time Warner Media was not doing well. And a lot of that had to do with some decisions that they had made on various different units that they had bought. Dish Network being the big one that was the, the, the mm. money suck. And so now AT&T... By the way, this is perfectly normal business behavior. Yeah. It, it's, it happens to matter to a lot of us because they're an entertainment provider. And they yeah. have a footprint, and they have control over a lot of a lot of material that matters to a lot of people. But in terms of the big picture, again, this is a thing that happens when a big business buys a smaller business, and and when businesses make decisions that look good at the time, yeah. but the technology marches on, and something happens, and Dish Network doesn't become a valuable piece of property, and right because no, at the time, you know. Warner Warner Brothers or, or Warner Brothers Time Warner is looking at Dish as another way to compete with cable because right. streaming wasn't a thing yet. Right. Netflix was just coming to its own, and Hulu, and then you didn't have all of the stuff that was going on now. And of course, if you want to look at this on a smaller scale, all you have to do is ask yourself: When was the last time you walked into a blockbuster? Yeah. Okay. Same kind of thing. The, this is this is the same kind of thing, but the, we're also talking lots we, more which, money. We need to make a road trip to the last to block, the last blockbuster block. and do a stream. Where oh, we should do an anniversary stream from the last blockbuster. <laughs> Not this anniversary. No, but soon we'll get there. Uh, so okay, so so AT and T is looking at the numbers and they're saying we need to make money, and we have all of these things. These business entities that we own that aren't making money. And as it happens, we own a lot of great stuff. DC Comics, not making money. Dish Network, not making money. Crunchyroll. I mean, they've sold Crunchyroll to Sony, which already owned Funimation. So I don't even know how that deal got past the Federal Trade Commission. I mean, come on. Uh because nobody is currently looking at animation with the same kind of thing as what they're looking at. Like you were seeing where, with people, they were talking about you know breaking up Facebook and Instagram and that right. sort of thing. You don't, they're not looking at Funimation and Crunchyroll anywhere near the same scale. The the other five years that, from now, five years from yeah, maybe. They would. But see the other the other part of that is, and that goes back into this whole uh, self dealing concern that they have, which is basically you've got. 
various different entity, business entities, Legendary being one, uh, Creative Arts uh, being another endeavor, coming in and saying, we think that Warner Brothers acting acting in bad faith because they're automatically putting their content on HBO Max instead right. of shopping it around to get the best deal. And this is some... Is a, uh, yeah, thing. I mean, and, it's a problem. And this is something else you need to understand. If you don't already know this, and I'm sure <coughs> our viewers probably do, and our listeners probably do. But if you we don't, have a smart audience, we do. But if you don't, um, Warner Brothers isn't making these movies. No, not entirely. They might be making this movie, or they might be making this movie. But when they're when we're talking about you know legendary and all these other folks being involved. It's because very few movie studios anymore are actually making things on their own. It's usually a conglomerate of organizations. And it can be a distribution company, it can be a studio, it can be a production company. Uh, it's usually a combination of all three. Uh, there's And then a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons why when you're looking at a movie uh, credits, you can see 40,000 producers. It's because they pulled money from a lot of different places. And that's why you've got all of these logos at the beginning of the movies anymore. Right. Is, is that <laughs> the five minutes of that. credits when you're sitting there going, get to the movie. Um, that's that's part of this. Yeah. So this is Flickering Myth, but it comes from a number of different places. Speaking of that, Legendary Entertainment, which was a co-financer mm-hmm. for Dune and uh, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Mm-hmm. Big movies. Yep, yep. Lots of money. And for Dune, there are people who took pay cuts to do the movie in order for the budget to be such they could make the movie in the hopes that, again, we get back to the points of the profit participation because now what do you do? And we get to, to Denny, Denny Villeneuve's... Uh, comments on that here in a second but this is legendary entertainment which put up the money to make the movie uh and it says here according to deadline legendary entertainment either has or will send legal letters to warner brothers as soon as today this is dated december 7th to challenge the decision to put Dune uh, into the HBO Max deal and potentially Godzilla vs. Kong as well. The outlet is also reporting that Legendary had no advance notice before last week's announcement. Now, we've heard since then that everybody got about 90 minutes notice. Strictly speaking, on a legal basis, that's less than zero. Yeah. That's negative announcement. So, Legendary and its partners have reportedly provided 75% of the $165 million net budget of Dune, as well as putting up a similar amount of funding for Godzilla vs. Kong. They are in for a lot of money on just those two pictures. But then you've also got you know, all of the other films. You know, Like I said, they're 17. Right. And they're not... Most of them are not small. No, but that 17 films doesn't include Batman or Fantastic Beasts 3. Those got moved to 2022 before they made this announcement. Grace Randolph was basically saying that she's, 
I don't know if she's been told this or if she's just speculating on this, but she said that the, the, there's a reason why they got moved to 2022 is so they could avoid this mess because that's a mess. Um, you've got, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Because the Director's Guild, where do I find that? Director's Guild of America has demanded, not requested, demanded a meeting with Warner Brothers over the streaming plan. This is dated December 10th. Mm -hmm. uh, according to a report, Director's Guild of America has demanded a meeting with Warner Brothers over the studio's decision to release all of its movies on HBO Max in 2021. Uh, if sources of The Hollywood Reporter are to be believed, the Directors Guild of America isn't very happy with Warner Brothers for deciding to bring every one of their 2021 movies to HBO Max. Uh, directors like Christopher Nolan have already publicly criticized the move. We'll get to that in a minute. Many more directors being angered by the news. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the Directors Guild has sent a strongly worded letter. Dear and, sir. <laughs> well, and in legal terms, oh, yeah. that means something. Mm -hmm. Because when, when you get a strongly worded letter, there is some precision in what's in that letter. Yes. And From the legal standpoint of, dear sir. And, and a strongly worded letter in this case is not going to be like a page long. No. In a case like this, they're probably going to be quoting contract language. There may, there may be attachments. It may, the letter may actually come in a very thick envelope. Yes. And it may require you to sign for it by someone looking at you with a very, very leery eye. Yes. The report says no action has been explicitly threatened... But the Guild's opinion of the matter was made abundantly clear. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out if a boycott of WB by directors could take place. Now, along those lines, when you talk about directors jumping ship, because mm. a lot of people have sat there and said, you know, for the longest time, Warner Brothers is the place for talent. Yep. They take care of their talent. They take care of their creators. They're the really, sure. really gung-ho about this. But... but we go back to Thursday and the Disney presentation and Warner Brothers and DC's darling Patty Jenkins is now over at Disney directing a Star Wars movie. And nobody saw that coming. Now, Bob Iger has said for a long time that Kathy Kennedy has wanted to get a woman directing a Star Wars film for a long time. Okay, fine. Patty Jenkins is a logical choice. But nobody knew about this deal. Okay. but it, it wasn't out there. It wasn't even brewing. Usually there's there are reports or there's rumors or there's speculation. This was completely out yeah, of the blue. I don't... I don't, I don't it, nobody uh, saw this. I don't, nobody even knew that Rogue Squadron was going to be a thing. Well, sure. I mean... and Because uh, we knew about Taika Waititi. Right, right. We knew he was directed uh, But, you know... I and think, we know about the Ryan Johnson trilogy. <coughs> oh, wait. But I don't. I don't. I, see that that doesn't. Well, it it gives me. I, I, it gives me a reason to wonder. You can certainly wonder. I also if, think it, it. You could. 
it, it could completely be connected. It could also be completely disconnected. I think it's an interesting coincidence. Oh, it's certainly uh, the, the timing. The timing is the timing is is you sh yeah. the question should be asked. Uh, or could, you could, or well, no. The question doesn't well, have to be asked. You you can okay. wonder. Let me spin this scenario for you because this this already happened to her mm. a couple of months ago. Sure. This whole thing has already played out for Patty Jenkins. Mm -hmm. What everybody else is going through now with the shock and awe and oh my, what do you think you're doing? Sure, sure. She's sure. already gone through that. Mm -hmm. So, what if in the time it took. Warner Brothers to plunk down all this money right, to right. say nice sure. things about it. She's decided, well, the heck with you. I'm going to go over here. Hey, Kathy, you remember that phone call we had? And da da da. Let's go ahead and do it. But here's the here's the could thing. Could have. It was, yeah, it certainly could have. But on the other hand, it could also be Kathy going, "Hey, remember that phone call we had? Could be. We we're going to do these the slate of Star Wars films. And didn't you want to do one with it? What, which one do you want to do? And or what do you, this this could be conversations that have been going on for a long time. That could be. So the, the and one of the reasons I say that is that while we certainly have directors who are somewhat loyal or continually make films with a you know Warner Brothers or Universal or Disney or whatever because that's who they've been working with they've got a yeah. relationship with the company that's well, and a some producers make deals exactly. for a certain number of films at the studio right. we're going to do this for how long and whatever but that's not as common as it used to be Nowadays, you get them with networks and streaming services more than anything else. Right. We're going to do a five a five year deal with Netflix or a exactly. six year deal so, with Amazon. So, the, quite frankly, Patty Je Patty Jenkins, hot director. You know, if you go and you know, if you're if you're Disney, you're thinking, okay, Wonder Woman, that did pretty well. Let's get Patty Jenkins to do a Marvel movie. You know, you know, someone said that because that's how this works. Sure, right. I think, and the other thing is, is that the whole deal where you make a bunch of films for a studio or a streaming service, whatever, harkens back to something that I think, and I don't really have any evidence for this, but it's just that, that feeling and knowing enough about Hollywood history, is that part of me is going, somebody at AT&T or at the higher-ups read a book about the history of Hollywood <laughs> where a studio would just tell you what was going to happen. Right. And this was a thing. If you aren't familiar with the early days of Hollywood, the 30s and the 40s, um, there was a time when if a studio told, let's say let's say you're Humphrey Bogart, one of the biggest stars in in. in Classic movie history, of course, yes. you know, famous film noir actor, you know, box, off box office gold, okay? He was under contract to make X number of films a year. If you've never seen the Humphrey Bogart horror movie, don't be surprised. <laughs> it's very obscure, but he made one. He hated every minute of it. He was public in his dislike of doing it. They couldn't stop Humphrey Bogart from talking. Oh, sure. Because um, he's Humphrey Bogart. But they did for a lot of other actors and a lot of other directors. This was Jack Warner, back in the day, looked at you and said, I'm Jack Warner. Mm. I own you. And that actually is one of the reasons why we got United Artists. Yes. Because... 
Charlie Chaplin, Lillian Gish, and several others decided, well, we don't like this deal. We're going to go make our own. And so they went and they formed their own studio. It's very much like with Image Comics back in the 90s. Right. They're going to go off and they do their own thing, create their own. Uh, Robert in the chat, there have been rumors of a film-producing stock market where the public can invest in projects, but apparently studios kill it in its cribs. I haven't heard of this. Um, uh, no, I haven't either, but honestly... The, I mean, there's crowdfunding. Yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a few projects that have, been, that have been crowdfunded for independent film. And I, in fact, I encourage you to do that if, if you find there's if you go to the various crowdfunding places you can actually look up films yeah and i would encourage you to look at those because i haven't heard of this particular thing as an as someone who's who's been an independent filmmaker um if i ever decided that i really wanted to, to drive myself insane uh i would try and crowdfund uh devil's fork by the way we uh we have a paypal account should anybody decide they want to uh finance our trip to the last blockbuster That'd be that'd be cool, guys. But I mean, it's so. You, you, mm, or other events. There's just something about this whole thing that just makes me complete. It's almost like a flashback to some, you know, actor going into a studio, going to being called into the studio head office and being told, "Yeah, you're going to start dating this this starlet because this really happened." Um, you know, we're because you two look great, and we're we're gonna get all the publicity for your next movie. You guys are gonna be dating for the next six months. This is a real thing that mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. It happened a lot. There were marriages that came out of this, and they were studio mandated. Because and and everyone agreed to it because it's the it's the money the, the money. money talks. Uh, but the but it was also a power thing and. and and at the time, because film was still new, mm. the people in the they had all the parts, they had all the things you needed. You really there was they were the only game in town. But well, that changed. And and part of that change was the government coming in with the whole RICO judgments. And it was actually it was called the Paramount decision, I think, by the Paramount ruling, that basically said, you movie studios can't own all the movie theaters and just put your stuff in your theaters and eliminate competition. This was Monopoly. Right. Yeah. And you're seeing the same kind of thing play out right here where Warner Brothers is sitting there going, we've got all of this content and we're going to put it on our own streaming service and neener, 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 you're not going to be able to get it anywhere else. Well, and but they're people not... People have suggested they're that not the this only could be a RICO violation. That, they're not the only ones who are doing that. No, I know, I by know. By any stretch and, of the... Okay, and, and okay. I, and I From think a, they're all wrong by doing the, it. By the, by the, by, by the way, um, RICO, uh, there are very few people that I follow on Twitter because I don't like Twitter, but there is a... Uh, but it's so much fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there is there is a there is a very funny lawyer um, who I occasionally follow or pay attention to. Anyway, I don't like I said I follow very few people. Uh, but one of his running jokes is it's not Rico, <laughs> because a lot of people like so many things don't sure. understand the law, and people are like that's a Rico. No, it's yeah. not. I actually specialize in this. Law Twitter is fun to watch. Oh, sometimes. it is so. Sometimes it's hysterically oh, funny. You have no idea how funny some lawyers can be, and some lawyers are not funny at all. But some are really, really clever. So this is a this is an email and a memo to from Endeavor uh, Executive Chairman Patrick Weitzel 
to the agents of WME. Uh, this is a this is a um, a talent agency. Mm -hmm. Dated December eleventh, and he says, as I made clear to the motion picture group last week, and will reiterate now, WME rejects their unilateral decision out of hand. When Warner Brothers called us to inform us they were going to announce their decision to simultaneously remove, release movies in theaters and on HBO Max last Thursday, we immediately told them that we are disappointed with this decision and quickly gathered the motion picture group for a call. Since then, we have engaged in follow-up discussions with the highest levels at Warner Brothers, and we are setting up a meeting. I don't know that that's going to do them much good, because this comes from higher up than Warner Brothers. This is not Toby Emmerich doing this. Right. This is Jason Kalar and and Stanky and uh, Emma or, or Anne. Oh, I've got her name in here somewhere. Anne. I don't know. I'll find the AT and T folks. Yeah, the AT and T and Time Warner people, uh, Warner Media. Um, we have already been at work on the movie, uh, the Little Things, first film on Warner Brothers release schedule, and one that includes multiple WME clients. We have the most business with Warner Brothers out of any of the agencies, and we are aggressively working to assure that our clients are protected. Um, this is a blatant attempt to self-deal. And this is what they're going back to on the whole, yep. you make the movie, you put it out on your streaming service. And use our clients' work to build their HBO Max streaming service, which our clients have no financial interest in. And that's the crux of it, is your... You're making all of this stuff using our people, our resources, our talent, and you're using it to sell a product that will not benefit our clients. Right. So it's, We it's, don't get a cut from the HBO su subscription fees. Right. I mean, because so clearly if you're like Netflix and you're doing this, it's you're making Netflix is making the film yeah. and showing it on Netflix only. But the people who are making the film, they're getting the if they're getting points, they're getting them from Netflix. Maybe they've got a de they've got that multi picture deal yeah. or whatever with Netflix. This is a completely different thing. Mm. So RJ from Critical Blast in the chat, he's we're talking about law, Twitter, and some of those words that set people off. Tortious interference is another. <laughs> yeah, Man, I tell you. you oh yeah, no kidding. This is tortious interference. Like, no, it's not. Oh, it's also. Uh, um, or if you get a case of tortious interference and law, Twitter blows up saying that it's not. I mean, it could go either way. They either decide that it is, or they decide that it isn't. And in most cases, they're complete morons that they have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, it depends on the case. Yeah, depends on the case. Sometimes it's sometimes it's really. really... I know it goes it goes either way. Yeah, yeah, it and and way. it's a uh, uh, but it, if nothing else, if you want to go to some place where it is less likely to be com complete cesspool, um, law Twitter is nothing else. The lang the the quality of the language is usually higher. <laughs> Usually. Yeah. There's your quiet. Usually. It's usually. Higher. So speaking of, uh, Thomas says, Stanky, what a perfect name for, exec for an executive. Yes. He says, during his Tuesday morning keynote conversation at the UBS Global TMT virtual conference, timing of this, I guess, he says, one of the unfortunate effects of the pandemic, they're going to they're gonna blame this on that. Which, I, okay, you can, for, to a certain extent, is there basically has been no theatrical exhibition business. 
I'll give them a half point for that. Fifteen percent of the total amount, or t fifteen to twenty percent of the total amount, is yeah. a significant. That's painful drop. for a lot of people, and yet in our case, we still have a fair amount of content that was in the pipeline and being developed. So he's basically dis defending this decision. He says, in the theatrical business, based on our best discussion with experts, we were going to be in a situation where the psyche of the population, people's willingness to go back into large venues, go to concerts, do big group things, is going to be a little bit of a prolonged recovery, even though we're going to see progressive improvement in the dynamics of the U.S. over the next series of quarters. Of course, you've got a vaccine rolling out. Everybody is social distancing and wearing their masks, blah, 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 right? Okay, fine. Wash your hands. That, that takes care of 90% of this. Anyway, so at the time you change the model, he says, uh, this is a win-win-win. Sure it is for them. It's not a win-win-win for anybody else. It's not a win for the work for the unions. It's not a win for the talent agencies. It's not a win for the theaters. Um, you have uh, one of the one of the theater groups, not the National Association of Theater Owners, but the other one. Um, because national NATO has not responded as of yet that I could see. But mm. you have Look. another organization. Because they're talking to their attorneys. Uh, I would imagine so. I would be. Oh, yeah. Because um, there's... there's the, <clears throat> so on one hand, you can completely understand, uh, or you should be able to completely understand, that Warner's or AT&T's first loyalty is going to be to their bottom line. Sure. Okay. So they, the the very legitimate complaint that they're not thinking about anyone other than them, themselves, on one completely legitimate level, that's not their job. That said, because they're not doing this all themselves, it's not all in-house, they have to play with others. Yeah. And they have to play well with others, and others have to want to play with them. Burning bridges... In, in the entertainment yeah. world, like anywhere else, but in the entertainment world, do you want to take off? Oh, okay. Um, how long has this thing been going on? Uh, uh, Taylor Swift's thing with her oh, back catalog, her, right? Yeah, her library. Okay. Yes. How long has it been going on? And how vocal has she been about it? And how much has that indicated to her fan base? And I mean, yeah. that's a huge thing. And that's just one singer. Well, look at the rift between George Lucas and David Prowse, for example. I mean, that's a minor thing in the yeah. overall grand scheme of things, but it's it has an impact. Well, and I mean, just look at on everything, and look at how people you know you talk about Johnny Depp. Wherever, whatever, wherever the truth lies, there are vast numbers of people who are either pro Amber Heard or pro Johnny Depp and you can I mean you know, the and irony, that has an impact on on whether those people are going to go to see the other guy's film yeah the irony of that particular case in the UK where he brought the the lawsuit against the sign yeah. is that the He's judge appealed, by the way the judge basically said yeah you've got all this evidence but I don't care 
Well, well, I mean, uh, I didn't read that's, all of it. That's that's, that's, that's that's the distillation on I've, everywhere. Uh, but but here's that. here's the here's the problem with that is that unless you are someone who understands the British legal system, America, we are at a disadvantage. Just like if people people in Britain paying attention to the American legal system, yeah. they're very different legal systems. That's true. And the libel laws in England and the libel laws in the U.S. are essentially speaking different languages. So if you looking at it from the American point of view in terms of the law, it is a it is an alien creature yeah. because it is incredibly different. So the, yeah. your best bet there is to go to someone who you know personally who's in the legal system in the UK and go who's not on Twitter. Explain yeah. this to me and they would sit there and go, "Oh, you don't want to hear this. Yeah. It's long and painful." So, uh so we eventually so just to to bring this back around, the Independent Cinema Alliance. Mm. They have responded uh, it's a volunteer alliance of independent cinemas operating in North America, so not the chains. Gotcha. Uh, responded to Warner Media's theatrical HBO Max 2021 slate, says they're not pleased. They're calling on the stu- uh, they're calling on the studio to recommit to theatrical exclusivity, uh, for that's what drives value to movies, not streaming. Uh, they're also decide, you know, they're also pointing out that the vaccine is is coming. Uh, distribution plans are in place for that. Um, ICA welcomes hybrid distribution models during the pandemic as long as they have fair terms and they don't reflect long-term formal shifts in distribution strategies for studio films. Now, that's the other point because originally. You've got Tenet, you've got uh, Bill and Ted 3. These become a single one-shot, let's see what happens type right. of thing. Wonder Woman 1984 becomes a thing. Now, suddenly, it's an entire year, 17 films from a studio, and there are some people that are looking at it saying, this this could be the new model from now on. Who's... Who's to say that Warner Brothers doesn't decide that this is going to be how it is for for the for until the model changes again? They've got no reason to go back. If this ends up making them money with the HBO Max subscriptions, which are already up, ah, uh, but therein lies the problem. One of many. Well, but okay. All right, now I'm going to get into the part that, that I've been thinking about for ever since we started talking about this. And you've had folks sit there and go, okay, as, and, and a lot of filmmakers talking about how, you know, we want to have, you have to have the theater, we have to have the theater. And I completely get it. I 100% get it. Uh, Jason and I have both made films. I was the production designer, well, I guess art director. I was the production designer. Sure. Uh, for a feature film, right? I'm I'm actually very very proud of the work that I did. I loved seeing it on the big screen. I've had several of my short films on a big screen. It's wonderful. It's great having that audience there. It, it's I completely understand it. it. It is at its best moments. It's a it's an incredible high. It right? is. Can be. That said, yeah. Um, you, This is not going to last, right? We do have a vaccine. 
Uh, right. Just however long it takes to get out into the world, because we because here's the reality: it's not going to be next week or the week after. I think it's going to take time, right? We all know this. Gets out there, we all get vaccinated. Everything's cool. Life gets back to a different kind of normal. Because getting back to it's it, we've had a year of this. I'm not sure what normal, you know. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> but yeah. Okay. We're not going. People are going to go back to the movie theaters. Mm -hmm. The people who were going to go to the movie theaters before, and not everyone does. Some folks, they're quite content to sit at home and watch their movies on their big screen TV, which is yes. large enough that you might as well be at a movie theater and you don't have to worry about other people talking. Or paying $20 for a soda. Right. So, okay. If if Warner's model, if the idea is that this is going to be the new model, it's not going to work. No, it won't. It's just not because people are going to go back to the theaters. And if you, if your goal is is to get everyone to get HBO Max, which that's the, ultimately that's is I mean, the goal because Jason Kalar, who is the the guy what in charge at Warner Media. He's responsible for making this thing turn a profit. Sure. And that includes everything. It's DC Comics, it's Warner you know, it's Warner Brothers, that's HBO Max, all of it. That's why they're selling Crunchyroll. It's why they're trying to dump uh, uh, um, Dish. They sold Simon & Schuster. I mean, they're, they're dumping units left and right. No one's going to buy Dish. No. So, so this is... Okay, when when DC decided to change just the way distribution model, yeah. everybody freaked out. Yes. Funny thing is, it actually turned out pretty well for them. For the most part, yeah. For the most part, it did. Okay. But at the same time, the DC thing became a different model because their product changed. Right. But... Here after the YA market now. Here, well, which is good because that's your. Those are the you know. Quite frankly, the older market is getting older. Except they need better YA content. So uh, we're, actually, we're not going to get into that. Actually, but. having read some of their YA content, and if you haven't, then you can't say that. But I have, and some of it is actually really good. I did. I didn't say all of it was bad. I'm uh, quite a bit of it is quite good. You may not like it. It may not be for you, right. but you know what? You're not the young adult audience. That's true. So anyway, so. okay, but but it actually kind of. The product here isn't changing. Right. The product is the same. It's the avenue. Mm -hmm. You get the product. And here's what the problem comes down to. <sighs> the entertainment has stayed the same. Where we get it is different. Television for a long, long time. And, and part of this is what they're thinking over there. At, at Warner, this is my impression. I do not have an inside scoop to these folks. It would be nice to have some insiders on this. But I, I have, I, I can, I can put pieces together and come up with something that makes sense to me. And right or wrong, this makes sense. Okay, so <clears throat> TV for the longest time was not where you wanted to be. As a movie star, you, know, you you didn't do TV. I'm a I'm a movie star. I don't do television. Yeah, there was a there was a class division 
between movies and television. That's gone away. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this is an, this is not entirely a uniquely American thing, but it's largely so. The UK, the dividing line between film, television, and the stage is almost invisible and has been for a very long time. Right. Like most of the entertainment career in, in the UK. It's a different model, right? But here, that distinction has been going away. Prestige TV, HBO, Cinemax, Showtime, um, uh, A and E in the early days, especially. Yeah. Uh, you you had these like we're pressed, we're making these you know really fan- Game of Thrones, Penny Dreadful, Westworld. You see this stuff all the time, and those are the big ones. And you look at the budgets of these things. They've got feature film, multiple feature film budgets on these things. The right. Game of Thrones episode budget was insane for a TV show. And for a large part of that, it worked for them. Mm-hmm. And so you can have this stuff, right? So that, that blurring is gone. At the same time, we have this explosion of streaming services because the lessons of cable <laughs> did not sink in. And it's like this amnesia took over this collective amnesia that all sat there and went god people really hate having to pay for all these multiple cable channels let's do this thing they hate again only with streaming services yeah and which cost even more by the way well and i made the prediction a long while ago twitch that we were going to see a similar thing like we got with cable services being bundled. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see that now because you get HBO, you get uh, Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus right. all together in a package. And now you could get HBO. At some point, they'll make a deal for HBO Max and something, something, right. something. Now, but whatever. The plus side on this thing, you are getting more. For this more dollars, if you're getting the entire Warner Brothers catalog, that's more than you were getting from HBO and MTV or whatever, right? Well, MTV, you're you're not getting anything anymore. Um, Music television, kids. That's what it started as. VH, remember BET, VH1, Uh MTV. Three fantastic channels where you get like, ugh. Oh, or CMT. You could you had yeah. your range right there. See, didn't CMT become TNN? I think Country so. Country Music Television became the National Network, and then it became I something don't even else. Know what it well, is and, and then if you had if you had if you had PBS, which was free, or A and E in the very early days, you had your classical selection. Yeah. Five channels, kids. You could have gotten all the music you ever needed. The Learning Channel. <sighs> It, you know, what's what's the learning channel for now, right? Home renovations. Uh, what's what do they do at HGTV? Remember, well, <laughs> the, like, what the history? The History Channel, which admittedly, <laughs> admittedly, for the longest time, the History Channel was also subtitled "Now with More Nazis" because World yeah. War Two, World War Two. I mean, the, and now and, it's now it's with more aliens. With more aliens. Yes, and at least at least with the World War Two stuff. Is that it, if you if you wanted in depth looks at yeah. World War Two and everything going, you could have gotten it there. A&E? But that's all A&E. it was for a long time, and now it's all aliens and ghost well, hunting. See, and A and E, A and E took the place. What's of the, going on? A and E took the place of the Time Life. Oh. 
the you know the Time Life video collection that you oh, yeah, order, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. you'd get one a month or whatever. Um, uh, Robert uh, makes a, a note in the chat, and and I think I I have a tendency to agree with him. He says I'd say there's a distinction still between network TV and streaming and movies. Oh, no question. As far as the no, prestige and no stuff question. Goes, yeah. But I also think we're seeing some of that go away too, and it's it's, it's a little. It's a slower process because the networks don't have because they still rely on advertising they still so rely the on advertising so budgets are a lot smaller yeah. but that said i think it's changing too because i think there is a there's been a shift i think on the part of actors who are and this of course changes over time back and forth but i think there are a lot more actors who are willing to do have the regular gig of a tv job the hours are different. The structure is different. Mm-hmm. Some act, some people don't uh, uh, care for it. Was it uh, Genevieve Bougeau for yeah. Uh, Voyager? Yeah. Uh, she just wasn't prepared for the rigors of doing TV. But film has its own rigors, and so you can. Some folks are more comfortable. But that's been shifting a little bit. You've, you've gotten folks who you know, Mandy Patinkin came as, became a star in movies. And has had a lovely career in television. Yeah. And so it depends on what you want to do, right? And sometimes that means you're staying at home with your family. Yeah. And that's a huge draw. But, but all of this mm-hmm. digression means that but, actors get certain deals and they have certain expectations mm-hmm. from film distribution that are different from the distribution deals that come from streaming services. Oh, no question. Because depending on how this, the whole thing is structured, mm-hmm. you know, there are and there are some actors who say, yes, I want to do a streaming deal because I get X percentage of whatever on, on the thing. You know, their fee structures are different. And you have all of this now, basically the entire everything, the rug has been pulled out from everybody saying, this is the way it's going to be. Yeah, but I, it's, it's not going to last. I mean, Warner's... If if they think if they think that this is going to be the new model going forward, it's not. It can't be. It's not sustainable. It. Well, I, I don't. I really don't think it is. Unless, unless, um, because because uh, um, Thomas Thomas made a point here. He says, "Do many movies get much business in theaters after a month?" Now that's a good question because back in the day. Movies stayed in theaters for a lot longer. Your release window, of course, you didn't have home video, you didn't have streaming, you didn't have cables. But back when, say, when Star Wars was a thing, or when Star Trek The Motion Picture came out in 1979, it was in the theaters for months. months. But but again, uh, you didn't have VHS. You couldn't take the thing home with you. So, if the deal is... We put this movie the we put this movie in the theaters and on HBO Max for a month because it's now granted they're only limiting it it's just a month it's going to be on the same time after which it goes away from HBO Max and it stays in the theaters past that thirty days so you could I'm not saying this is what they're going to do. But you could extend the theatrical run so that it is longer on the order of what you used to see back in the day. 
And at some point in all of that, then maybe premium video on demand where you're paying for it either in the theater or in the in the thing. But they pass awkward this. I know. No, no. But I mean, they literally did. So if you're going to do this, clearly not popular plan. But if you're going to do this, it's in the theater for a week. I'm, I'm going to give somebody a bad. I'm going to give somebody a bad idea who's going to tune into our podcast and go, "Ooh, oh, let's nobody, try this." Nobody tunes into our and podcast, it's, and they're going to, and, and they'll find out it's me, and I'm going to get in trouble. But okay, you want you want to do this thing, right? You want to drive people to your streaming service with a feature film. Uh. You put it in the, because because the majority of these films, when do they make their big box office? First or second weekend. Okay. Yeah. First week. Theater only, or first two weeks maybe. Let's let's say it's it's we're we're looking at pandemic audience levels. Let's do it two weeks theater only, then it goes to your streaming service. Would this make people happy? No, people these people would still be ticked off, and I almost said a different word, <laughs> and they would be right to be. But the thing is, if you're going to do this, and this is your thought, you know, hey, we want to drive people over here, yeah. and we're not going to make the money in the theaters. You still sit there and go, and and it's still a hard sell to legendary or or an actor or any of these folks. But they just did this. Comp- the 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 model they have chosen, while it uh, on one level it offers the consumer choices, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, that's what Supposedly. you want to do, right? You want to you yeah. want to offer you want to give yeah. them a choice, right? You want to sit there because because they already do. You can go you can go see it in the theater. Or you can wait for it to come out on streaming or right. VOD or whatever. There's Blu-ray. a delay, though. Right, there's a delay. Yeah. Well, here that you could, if you were to do this, mm-hmm. and if you're going to do this, again, not recommending it because I can see there are problems with this. You put it in the theater exclusively for one or two weeks, and you grab that audience who is going to go to the theater. Yeah. And then you pull it over to your thing. The, the the two problems with that is you have you have movies that have huge budgets and they're not going to make them back in the two weeks in theatrical. Now, what that could be, what that could end up happening is. Maybe we get away from the big blockbuster tentpole things where every movie costs a bajillion dollars to make, and we get into maybe some of these smaller budget pictures, like you know, for twenty or thirty million instead of a hundred and fifty, three hundred million dollar pictures, where the the risk now if you go with smaller budgets, maybe your risk is is mm-hmm. lower. And you rearrange the deal. So, okay, we're in our movie theaters for the first couple of weeks. We go to streaming. But the other part of that is you've got to be able to, in order to avoid the legal hassles and the RICO threats and whatever else Law Twitter is going to come up with, Warner Brothers has to be open to... Other streaming services taking their film. If they can make a bigger, if Netflix can make a better offer than what HBO Max is going to do, 
then you're uh, no. Because otherwise, otherwise you're into that self-dealing. Well, thing where, yes, and, yeah, okay, where yes you, and no. Because the agencies are going to have a problem with that. Well, but it depends. Or, or the, the the finance partners because well, legendary has a problem. With therein that. becomes the question: is is if your finance partners are in agreement, you don't have a problem. Yeah. It's not self-dealing, um, but because of the fact that so many different people are coming together, because these are not cheap movies to make. Right. Three hundred million dollar movies did not used to be a thing. No, and and it they have become a thing to the detriment of the smaller pictures. Oh no, the question. 20 and Thirty and forty million dollars. And yet, pictures. strangely enough, and this is why this is why I don't think this is going to be a model that is going to continue. So even if even if every studio were decide to agree to do this for twenty twenty one, they would not. But even if they were to, twenty twenty two would roll around, and people would sit there and go. Hey, you know what? We've got the vaccine, and and it's been months, and and we've had this little outbreak over here, and this one over here. But the vast majority of us are doing okay. And you know yeah. what? I get. I'll, I'm. It's, we get I, to the point where it's just another flu. Where you get yeah. So two, you get two shots a year instead of one, right? Awesome. But so it's not going to last. You're going to have people who are going to go back to the theaters. If they were going to go to the theaters in the first place, they're going to go back to them again when they feel that it's safe. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they're not going to have as much impetus to go ahead and get. And right. and you know what? Just because someone signs up for a streaming service doesn't mean they're going to keep that streaming service. Exactly. And you look at the numbers for how many have signed up, mm. because HBO Max is now sitting at something where like what? Twa- I don't know. Not a lot. Disney. With their Disney Plus, where the only real original thing that they've got right now to offer is The Mandalorian, Mm -hmm. they have 68 million subscribers, which is about where they were projecting to be in 2024. Their subscriptions have just blown up through the roof and also the disney catalog well sure but i'm sorry as far as like original yeah, yeah, yeah. original mm-hmm. content because the whole the whole idea of a streaming thing was hey we've got our own tv network it's like paramount wanted to do when they finally well, that, got around to UPN. that's not the whole that's not the whole thing it's be- not the whole thing because because you, it's part of the thing well it's it is we have but, a place where we can put our stuff after we make our stuff right but it's also it. a place where we can consolidate our stuff and take it away from other people yeah and basically say if you want the disney movies you gotta come to us right and you put it behind a paywall for and good and for ill because yeah. there's there's yeah that, the argument of this model is yeah. a so so you've got that big thing. Now, just mention I mentioned Disney. Disney last week did their big mm-hmm. investor presentation on Thursday. What I heard from a couple of different places was that the Disney presentation was originally scheduled for earlier uh-huh. and it got pushed back. I also heard that after Warner Brothers had made this big decision and this big announcement and everybody blew a gasket, yeah. Disney apparently that night, and I haven't I haven't seen confirmation of this. This is one of these 
my sources tell me type things. So take it with a grain of salt. But the word is that Disney had an emergency meeting the night that Warner Brothers made this big announcement, mm. which was a week before the investors' presentation. Right. So now the speculation comes because you've got this Dis- this big Disney thing that they're going to roll out, and here's all this thing. Now I sat and I watched this whole thing. I didn't do the financial Q and A, but yeah, I bailed for that. But I saw everything else. Mm. And it's all Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus. Now, there's two things to consider. Disney Plus is in more markets than HBO Max. Sure. HBO Max is not out worldwide yet. Right. They are behind the eight ball on this. And for them to sit there and say, we're going to do this kind of a deal, or we're going to do day and date for movie theaters and, and streaming... The movie theaters are doing better worldwide than here. Sure. Ish. Not by much. But you've got more places internationally where the theaters are open to a certain extent more than they are here because you've got people sitting there going, everything's closed. And that's a whole nother thing. But Disney has Disney Plus all over. Now that you're, they're rolling out this star thing. They're they're doing away with certain services in order for right. you to subscribe to Disney Plus, and here's this new thing. Um, down in Brazil, or down yeah, down in Latin America, they've taken all of their uh, distribution deals away from various different partners in order to funnel everything like you're talking right. about. If you want it, you're going to have to come here to get it. Mm-hmm. So. My personal theory, because I suspected when they were due to do the big presentation, my prediction was that they were going to roll out the same decision. They were going to announce the same decision. We were going to get Black Widow in movies and theaters and Disney Plus at the same time. And we were going to get the Eternals. Everything that they had slated for 2021, we were going to get the same thing from Disney. And I have to wonder if that was the plan until Warner's did theirs and everybody went, oh, wait a minute. And they had this big, because we heard the emergency executive session, and they sat there and they went, okay, we can't say anything about uh, that yet. I, I, I'm, I would say that it's possible, but I doubt it. Because what's the one, Raya and the Last Dragon? That one's going to hit theaters and Disney Plus at the same time in March. But so they're doing it one at a time, well, it's, which I'm, I'm speculating here, but it's possible, oh, it's, it's certainly possible that they had the plan to do the year-long slate, like because everybody's doing it. The thing is, they already tried it with Mulan, but the model they used was different. They sat there and they said, okay, we're going to make Mulan available to Disney Plus subscribers, but you're going to have to pay an extra 30 bucks to get it. Right, right, right. That didn't work. So they've already rolled through this once. Warner Brothers and HBO Max, they have it. And HBO Max, they don't have near the footprint worldwide mm-hmm. as Disney Plus does. So all of these different things, I have to wonder if Disney didn't pull back on something. Because it's all, that entire presentation 
was Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus. Barely a mention of any of their movies. They hardly mentioned. I mean, Eternals. They just. Oh yeah, yeah Eternals. Oh yeah, and and we got Blade in in the pipeline and uh, 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 Black Widow in May. Everything in that pre in that presentation was Disney Plus. And I have to wonder if they pulled the theatrical stuff out. It's possible. I I would say that I think it would be based on their experience with Mulan, the model would be different. Oh yeah. And I think in it would possibly be closer closer to my thought of it goes in the theater for a while and then and then it comes back up because I think that there's definitely there's there's been no question you cannot get around the fact that this year people have not been going to the movie theater right. they just haven't and so if you're going to make money with movies it's not going to be in the movie theater in the US internationally that's depends on where you are yeah i mean it, it you're if you're do, doing it in the U, trying to do it in the UK, it's not going to happen there either. They're more shut down than we are, and they're, it's about to get much, much worse. So you're looking at, I mean, you're going far afield. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, you have your your Asian market, which studios are re, all, have already been relying on for a significant chunk of their income. Well, Some of that's opened up more, but even so, I mean, part of the, it's going to have to be a different model. Part of the problem with that, though, is you've already got contracts in place with your talented your creative people right. well, that now you're making a completely different switch on how that money is going to be coming in where it's coming from who gets it and unless you have renegotiated those contracts there's going to be all sorts of legal ramifications but it's the same it's the same thing for disney so if they if they right. they would not be able to make all those changes in between Announcement and presentation. There's not enough. Unless they time. were planning to do the same thing that Warner Brothers did, but and if just they, arbitrarily just decide to do it. Well, but if they if they were planning to, well, yeah, but see, because if every studio huh, decides to do hand, that, if hmm. every studio decides to do that, yeah, but. then what recourse do the talent agencies have? Well, but if or every... If, the, if, you know, the guilds or the, but, the unions or anything, because if everybody's doing it, you can't play one against the other. You can't right, sit there but and go, every, hey, Warner Brothers, we don't like what you did, we're going to go... But not every business. studio is going to just pull it out of the blue. No, now, but admit, the big ones. Now, admittedly, you almost expect... Di Disney would almost be the one you expect. I expected them to do it. Uh, as opposed to Warner Brothers, because... For all the fact that we love the mouse and they have all our cool toys. Not so cool anymore. Their legal department is... Oh, yeah. But, that said, and please don't sue us, Disney. Um, please don't hit me. Well, their stock went up 12% <laughs> on please Friday. Please don't hit me, Mickey. Uh, yeah, well... You would... I, mm, the studios... The only way that would work is if all the studios got together and agreed, which would also be illegal, yeah. by the way. There you go. Well, <laughs> the... It's not a sustainable model. No. And it's not going to work. For all the fact, for all the fact that the, the, the line between movie and television is blurring in terms of the quality of the work we're getting, 
the quality of talent it's drawing, for all that fact, and as much as people are going to sign up for a streaming service or whatever, I mean, I, I, I'm signed up for three. I've got Netflix, I've got uh, Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. um, I've got Shudder, there's my horror thing. Yeah. Um, I had, oh, I got, I got stuff through IMDb. Oh sure, yeah, right. Which I did not realize for the longest time is that I got I got movies from IMDb too. Um, I'm well, because Amazon owns them now. Exactly. Yeah. So, but, well, to, but to your point though about the about the impact that this has on the on the theaters because we were talking about it a little bit before we started. <sighs> Television was going to kill movies. Right. Yeah. Back in the back in the what the forties and fifties or, or you know whenever, and. TV was going to kill radio. I mean, everything has always been going to kill oh, the next video. Time. Video was going to murder movies. Yes, video v- killed v- the radio stuff. VCRs were going to be the death of the movie industry. You monsters, how could you? And what is going to happen here, I think, your independent movie theaters... And your drive-ins and your your smaller, maybe three or four theater building mm. groups, maybe Warren, B&B, you know, those right, kind of yeah, things, yeah. where they're local, regional, mm-hmm. we just have four locations instead right. of 400. AMC is going to get hurt by this badly. Regal, Cinemark, all of those, they're going to get hurt your independent theaters are going to be able to pivot on this a little bit more flexible because they can do the projection on the wall in the parking lot. You get the drive-in theaters that can do stuff. You can do, you know, indie films, art films. Mm -hmm. You can do, you know, hey, you might... I made a romantic comedy that nobody's ever seen. Let's go put it in the theater. The insane. Screenland Armor just did a poll. What Screen, do you guys want to see? Yeah, Screenland we'll Armor. Right. Yeah, here, yeah. They're saying, you know, we could do this. Because what you can do is, if you've got access to the content, whether it's a new film that nobody's seen before, or if you do like Fathom Events does, where we right. sit there and go, hey, it's the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Let's put it back on the screen. Right. You know, or you could have a, 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 a charity fundraiser night. We'll do all three Back to the Future movies. And you've and we'll got a lot more flexibility version. as independent. You do. And I think they're going to be relatively okay coming out of this more so than the national chains. I think that's one of the reasons why NATO, the National National Association of Theater Owners, not NATO overseas, uh, I think that's one of the reasons why they haven't responded yet because they don't know how yet. They don't know what their response needs to be. Right. Because really there's no way to predict what's going to happen here. Because if Legendary brings legal action, uh, I, I, which is likely, we can predict it though. I think I think we can. Well, well we can, can speculate. Well, we can. No, I, I can make a prediction. Predictions are often wrong. There's a long history of people <laughs> well, making sure. predictions that sure, are wildly you incorrect. Wild prediction. Sure, go <laughs> I ahead. I mean, have have Knock you have out. you met have you met humanity? They do it all the time. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> There's there's a there's this thing called the gambling industry. You may uh, have heard of it. Uh, uh. All right, um, I predict we're 
within the month, we're going to see a whole lot of backtracking. You think it's going to take that long? Um, yes. Because it's Christmas. Well, there is that. It's December. Within within a month, not within the month. Within will, a month. I will disagree with you to a point only because we've already got the top executive, Ann Sarnoff, that's her mm. name. We already have Stanky and Jason Kalar doubling down saying, No, 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 this is a good decision. This is this is really gonna be this is gonna be fine. Yeah, yeah. Within a month. The house is on fire. The dog says, this is fine. That's these That's these guys. Within a month. And I, and I, you know what? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm, again, it's a prediction. I hope you're right. But I, th- and, and we'll see what happens if I'm wrong. But I think they're going to. Because you're going to have folks like Legendary, and they're hardly the only ones, and there's a lot of other big people involved in this, who are going to look at them and go, Fine. But this is the last thing we're doing with you. Yeah, well, and we're they, already seeing that Christopher. You know, we're we're hearing that Christopher Nolan may be done with Warner Brothers. Uh, okay, maybe. Just, okay, I'll be more concerned when I can understand what his characters are saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's he makes beautiful movies, but the, he can't mix audio. <laughs> he makes he makes an interesting point in his statement to Hollywood Reporter. He basically says, "We went to bed." Working for the best movie studio in Hollywood, we woke up working for the worst streaming service. And I think that's going to factor right. into this decision to backtrack because, oh, we were going to roll out HBO and all of these markets, and we're not able to do that yet, so we're going to hold off. We're, let's reevaluate a little bit. Right. And I think that, I think that they run into... So the timing of this... A lot of the timing of this is just poor for them. If they had the international, if HBO Max was international at this point, yeah. th- I don't know that this would still be. This would still be a bad decision. But the impact would be different. They're not. They don't have the reach. I think if they had waited to see what happens with Wonder Woman, it might have gone over better. And quite frankly, if, if Wonder Woman, if it had worked with Wonder Woman, and hopefully it will, I, quite frankly, I want Wonder Woman to succeed. I'd like to have more Wonder Woman films. But say it succeeds, it succeeds, then you could sit there and go, but look at the numbers. And people would sit there and go, okay. Yeah. And then you'd still be taking a chance. Yeah. But, eh. Well, I'm I'm taking a chance running a little bit long tonight. I'm seeing... Shocked. I'm seeing, Shocked uh, we are. Pu- we... A pumpkin... pumpkin aura over there so we're going to wrap it at that we're going to leave it and see we're going to keep an eye on this oh yeah and see what happens i don't know that it's going to go well for anyone for a while hopefully your prediction is is right and we get something because unfortunately if my prediction is wrong we've got a whole other show to talk about it uh that's true all right yes yes next week next week it is episode 250 we hit a milestone next week. It is an anniversary week. It is episode 250. So we want you to be back for that. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell, tell you know, people, hey, you got to go see, watch this show. We have no idea what we're going to talk about yet. We've had some ideas. We've got some ideas. And, we, and you know, if you've got suggestions, you want to send us a note, h2o at sci-fi for me.com, or you can leave a comment. 
Uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, your comments in the chat. Robert, Thomas, thank you very much thanks, for guys. being here. And uh, those of you who are watching in replay, uh, you could leave your comments as well. Or listening. Or listening, yeah. If you're if you're listening to one of the the podcast player platforms, then uh, certainly we want to have your your comments and thoughts too. And we will be back next week. Uh, don't forget. Also, we have just dropped a new foreign bodies. Mm -hmm. We have uh, a ranker pit coming up on Friday. Maybe a tartar sauce this week. Uh, I think we're. This I, week? I think we should be doing it this week. Okay, and live from the bunker Monday through Thursday at noon central. In the meantime, be sure that you are subscribed, have your notifications turned on, watch as much of the videos that we have as you can to get our watch time up, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Okay. For a second there, I was like, "Did I turn the Did I turn the microphones on?" I'm sure I'll let us know. Yeah, we'll find out, right? <laughs> <sighs> Welcome everyone to the H2O podcast. My name is Jason Hunt, and I am Timothy Harvey. And just for a moment, I'm going to uh, brag on my Mrs. Boss. I don't deserve her, but you know, every now and again, she ignores that and does something nice so uh, I guess in re in in return for finishing the living room because uh, the project has been painting the walls and doing all that right, right. Um, this shows up tonight this is the new tree topper from Hallmark it uh, lights up and oh. plays the theme and all these sure, things. Sure, sure. And then when you connect it to the three mirror mirror ornaments that go with it, they play out pretty much the whole mirror mirror episode with winky blinkies. So <laughs> that'll be that uh, that's a, a nice little very nice addition to the collection there. Of course we're getting enough now that I'm gonna have to do a Star Trek tree off somewhere else so hello robert in the chat welcome and uh what a mess what a mess we have here now earlier today okay so let me let me back up because thursday and we'll circle back to this but thursday we had the Disney Investor Day presentation, mm -hmm. which I think has been impacted by this. 
Uh, and then Friday night over on Ranker Pit, we did a discussion of all of the the Disney Star Wars stuff. So as things are rolling out, I just wanted to let everybody know because I talked on today's Live from the Bunker, talked about the rest of the Disney lineup because that kind of factors in to this because tonight we're talking about the Warner Brothers HBO Max decision and the subsequent meltdown, I guess you could describe it, uh, in Hollywood, and it is from all corners. It, it's it's not just. Let me pull that closer. It's not just one or two people. It's everybody. It's mm -hmm. the talent agencies. It's the unions. It's the performers. Uh, you know, it's this thing has just blown up. Oh yeah. So basically, just to get everybody up to speed, what what happened a couple of weeks ago? AT and T and Warner Media, the the top tier ownership of the companies, made the announcement that the 2021 movie slate, 17 films. This is not this is not a small thing. 17 films were going to follow the model that they set up for Wonder Woman 1984. Right. Which is theatrical release and HBO Max on the same day for the first 30 days. Mm -hmm. After which it goes away from HBO Max, plays out in the theater, and then eventually <coughs> comes back to your traditional home theater, you know, right. video on demand, streaming, whatever. And the deal that was struck for Wonder Woman, they, Warner Brothers, went to the talent agencies for Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins because they're the big stars for this thing right. and they've got to be on board with it. So they paid a fee. Mm -hmm. They basically said, okay, we're going to buy you off. And you're going to say this is a great, wonderful thing. And this decision comes out. And, of course, Patty Jenkins says, you know, this is the way we got to get it out. You know, I want it to be out on theaters. This is the way we're going to do it. And a lot of people made note of the fact that Patty Jenkins now was singing a different tune, almost, seems like. Because she had been big on... We're going to theaters, we're going to theaters, we're going to theaters. We're not going to skip, we're going to theaters. And now suddenly, you're not. And the 17 films for 2021, they made this announcement, and they told people about 90 minutes before they made the announcement. So all of their finance partners, talent agencies, whoever in the various different chains of communication were notified just shy of the last minute. And now there is a lot of angry talk and sharply worded letters as it's been described. Um, we will discover how good everyone's legal teams are. Oh, my goodness. I would not want to be in the middle of all of this. Uh, just... No. And, and, and perfectly to, to, be, to be perfectly blunt, they could have avoided this if they had all done what they'd done with 
Patty Jenkins and, and Gal Gadot and said, here's some money, we're going to do this thing. And, yeah. and you may not have liked it, but this is not new in the industry at all. <coughs> um, well, except it kind of is. Well, no, the, mean, the, the studio deciding to do a thing and giving money to the people involved, well, that's true. That's true. Whether, that, whether that's in the form of a contract or going, hey, look, your film yeah. is going to sit on the shelf for the next four years, but here's this other deal we'll do for you. Well, here's this, you know. You're a good not example of that is Fantastic Beasts 3, mm. where we're going to replace Johnny Depp, but we're going to pay him his entire fee of $10 million for the one scene he shot so he doesn't cause trouble. Right, and and this is not remotely new in Hollywood. This no. goes, take this all the way back to the earliest days, folks. This is how it works. <clears throat> for yeah. good or for ill, and you can argue that for ill, sure, but it's business, and there's a business. This is what you do, and we've mentioned more than once on this show that if you're going to Hollywood for art... It's a lovely thought, <laughs> yeah. and maybe you can be lucky enough to pull it off, but it is a business, and they're going to run it like one. Yeah, ask, this ask, is, uh, ask George Lucas about making film for art. Well, ask... There's a lot of filmmakers. <laughs> you lo there's, a, there's a lot of filmmakers who are able to make art who spent a lot of time yeah. not making art because it made money. So that's a thing in itself, but that's kind of over here because... When it comes to contracts, <laughs> and what uh, I'm sure that the litigation, the litigation will be a thing. Yeah. Thomas is on Facebook. Oh, Thomas yeah. is okay. Well, what does Thomas say on Facebook? If they send me money, I'll highly praise it too. If they send me money, I'll highly praise it too. Well, you that's, know, I mean, that's and and quite frankly, the you know the idea that they would go and and for if anyone and. Your opinion is your opinion, right? But quite frankly, in terms of going to Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot and saying, here's the money, this is what we're going to do with your film, that's how the business works. And them well, saying, okay, well, I'm going to say the nice thing because you guys gave me the money for it. Yes. But in this particular case, when you're talking about 17 different films, the legal and financial ramifications of such... Yes, you could do that in theory. What you're saying is, you know, what we did with Gal and Patty, we'll do that with everybody. Mm -hmm. But you're looking at a lot of actors, oh, yeah. a lot of directors and producers and all that. I mean, you're talking about a gob of money. Sure. Mm -hmm. And... Yes, I'm, I'm, you, you, you are. You yeah, also, no question. <laughs> you also have to, have to consider the impact on the back end. Mm -hmm. Because uh, a little inside baseball, there's this thing called points. Let's see if I can do math within math here. This is you know, this this will hurt my brain, but here we go. So could be fun to watch. Movie movie <laughs> costs X dollars to make, right. and then about that same amount for marketing and distribution. You got to make the copies and which is insane, and I know, isn't it? Right? Well, especially now. What? Well, yeah. I would say that probably the costs are a little bit less now because you're sending out digital files of yeah, the movies, not still. prints, but still. So you've got all of this cost in making the film. Right. The way everything works is that your movie theaters and your movie studios split the gate, which is basically all of the tickets that are sold 
a certain percentage for a certain number of weeks goes to the studio and a certain percentage goes to they do the split whether it's and, 60 40 50 50 and whatever figuring out the balance just a little hint there's a reason your popcorn costs as much as going to the movie yeah because the concessions that pretty much are how the movie theaters make their money right because they're not they they're they not making make a lot. Okay, and, and we're talking about really large sums of money, but we're also talking about really large overhead for running a movie theater. Yeah. All right. Well, you also have the the sliding scale on this. Mm -hmm. So studio gets a certain amount, theater gets a certain amount. That changes after a certain number of weeks that the studio takes less. It's complex math. But as you go through this, mm -hmm. the money that the studio is taking ostensibly is supposed to cover the expenses of making the film, marketing the film, distributing the film, di distributing the film. So all of those expenses have to be covered. Which is how you can end up with a film that has cost 400 million to make and it makes 600 million. Yeah. And it's and Hollywood would say describes that as a failure. Now, you sitting at home going it made six hundred million. How is that a failure? Well, it's because Hollywood math. No, Hollywood math is actual math. It's actual finance. Yeah, but but it's, it's manipulated math. But in those cases where the movie makes money, if it makes a profit, mm -hmm. past making all the expenses and the profit thing, then you have participation points. Profit participation points. So what they'll do is. A, a, an X percent of the profit, say we take 5% of whatever our profit is, and that becomes our 100 to split out among all of the different people who are getting points. Right. Okay, so 100 points is 5% of profit. Right, and one of the reasons that, that somebody involved with a, a film or as an actor or as a or as a director or anything, would take these points is because the studio has come to them and said, we will give you this back-end points so we don't have to pay you this much right. in advance. And we'll give you an upfront fee and then on the back-end. Mm -hmm. And sometimes this is a very attractive thing for an actor or a director or a cinematographer. There are reasons why this is a model that actually has been around for quite a while and in some cases has been very, very profitable for people. Yeah. So it, and, and, and It's a risk, by the way. And it could also be something like, you know, if the movie makes $300 million by X number of days in the theater, then you get a bonus. You know, all of this right. stuff is built into the contract. So if you have point participation and you say you're getting two points on the back end... You're getting two percent of that five percent of the profit. It and, could be a lot of money. And in the case of, say, a superhero movie, um, that's a Porsche. And that's well, and and this is, and this is why you would go to somebody's agent and say, "Hey, here's this money we're going to give you because we're doing it this way." Because right. the odds of those points on the back end going away, the, the problem, increases greatly. Yeah, but this the problem way. with that is given. Given how the circumstances are, and your mileage may vary on, on opinions about all of that, but there's no way to really use the usual model 
to predict what people would have made mm-hmm. if they were doing this normally and it was, uh, you know, we just get the points on the back end. But so, we're also in a situation right now. And the reason why all of this is happening is that currently revenues in movie theaters are not what they would be at any other time. Right. There's a pandemic going on. People are not going to the movie theaters in the numbers that they were before. And so Warner Brothers, well, AT&T and Warner Media are making a calculation here. They're looking at this array of situation. Yeah. And, and it's all part of a bigger problem that they have. It's not just this. But if it is an example, and one of the things that they keep people keep bringing up, tenant. Yeah. So, of course. And what did Christopher Nolan say? He said Hollywood's going to learn the wrong lesson from this, and they did. Mm, so we'll get into this a little bit more because I have I have feelings about. And I could very easily be wrong, but I have feelings about what the long-term effects of this are going to be. You wrong? Oh, pshaw. Well, see, exactly. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, but, and and quite frankly, Christopher Tennant, or Christopher Tennant. <laughs> well, I mean. Alternate universe, maybe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, yes. With, with something, this is a filmmaker who, quite frankly, um, has never been shy about his opinion of how things should be with his films. And that's fine. I'm completely on board. It's his vision. It's his films. He wants it shot on film. He wants it on big screens. He wants it in IMAX. He's got big ideas. He wants to do cool things. I'm completely on board. I wish he knew how to mix audio because he doesn't. (laughs) I don't care. Um, I've seen Tenet. It's yeah. mostly unintelligible. It's yeah. it's gorgeous as hell, but it's... Mm. Thomas says that box office gross this year, as of this weekend, was just over $2 billion. Last year, it was $11.3 billion. So it is quite a big hit. Yeah, well, yeah it's a definite There's no hit. question about that. Um, but you also have AT&T buying Time Warner Media, which involved assuming a huge amount of debt mm-hmm. because Time Warner Media was not doing well. And a lot of that had to do with some decisions that they had made on various different units that they had bought, Dish Network being the big one that was the, the, the mm-hmm. money suck. And so now AT&T... By the way, this is perfectly normal business behavior. It, yeah, it, it's it happens to matter to a lot of us because they're an entertainment provider, and they yeah. have a footprint and they have control over a lot of a lot of material that matters to a lot of people. But in terms of the big picture, again, this is a thing that happens when a big business buys a smaller business, and and when businesses make decisions that look good at the time, yeah. but the technology marches on and something happens, and Dish Network doesn't become. A valuable piece of property, and right because no, at the time, mm-hmm. you know, Warner Warner Brothers or, or Warner Brothers Time Warner is looking at Dish as another way to compete with cable because right. streaming wasn't a thing yet. Right. Netflix was just coming to its own, and Hulu, and then you didn't have all of the stuff that was going on now. And of course, if you want to look at this on a smaller scale. All you have to do is ask yourself, when was the last time you walked into a Blockbuster? Yeah. 
Okay. Same kind of thing. This is this is the same kind of thing, but the, we're also talking we, lots more which, money. We need to make a road trip to the last to block, the last blockbuster and do a stream. Where oh, we should do an anniversary stream from the last blockbuster. <laughs> Not this anniversary. No, but soon we'll get there. Uh, so okay, so so AT and T is looking at the numbers and they're saying we need to make money, and we have all of these things. These business entities that we own that aren't making money. And as it happens, we own a lot of great stuff. DC Comics, not making money. Dish Network, not making money. Crunchyroll. I mean, they've sold Crunchyroll to Sony, which already owned Funimation. So I don't even know how that deal got past the Federal Trade Commission. I mean, come on. Uh because nobody is currently looking at animation with the same kind of thing as what they're looking at. Like you were seeing where, with people, they were talking about you know breaking up Facebook and Instagram and that right. sort of thing. You don't, they're not looking at Funimation and Crunchyroll anywhere near the same scale. The the other part five of years that, from now, five years from yeah, maybe. They would. But see the other the other part of that is, and that goes back into this whole uh, self dealing concern that they have, which is basically you've got. Various different entity, business entities, Legendary being one, uh, Creative Arts uh, being another endeavor, coming in and saying, we think that Warner Brothers acting acting in bad faith because they're automatically putting their content on HBO Max instead right. of shopping it around to get the best deal. And this is some... Is a, uh, yeah, thing. I mean, and, it's a problem. And this is something else you need to understand. If you don't already know this, and I'm sure <coughs> our viewers probably do, and our listeners probably do. But if you we don't, have a smart audience, we do. But if you don't, um, Warner Brothers isn't making these movies. No, not entirely. They might be making this movie, or they might be making this movie. But when they're when we're talking about you know legendary and all these other folks being involved. It's because very few movie studios anymore are actually making things on their own. It's usually a conglomerate of organizations. And it can be a distribution company, it can be a studio, it can be a production company. Uh, it's usually a combination of all three. Uh, there's And then a bunch of other people. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons why when you're looking at a movie uh, credits, you can see 40,000 producers. It's because they pulled money from a lot of different places. And that's why you've got all of these logos at the beginning of the movies anymore. Right. Is, is that <laughs> the five minutes of that. credits when you're sitting there going, get to the movie. Um, that's that's part of this. Yeah. So this is Flickering Myth, but it comes from a number of different places. Speaking of that, Legendary Entertainment, which was a co-financer mm -hmm. for Dune and uh, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Mm hmm Big movies. Yep, yep. Lots of money. And for Dune, there are people who took pay cuts to do the movie in order for the budget to be such they could make the movie in the hopes that, again, we get back to the points of the profit participation because now what do you do? And we get to, to Denny, Denny Villeneuve's... Uh, comments on that here in a second but this is legendary entertainment which put up the money to make the movie uh and it says here according to deadline legendary entertainment either has or will send legal letters to warner brothers 
as soon as today, this is dated December 7th, to challenge the decision to put Dune uh, into the HBO Max deal and potentially Godzilla vs. Kong as well. The outlet is also reporting that Legendary had no advance notice before last week's announcement. Now, we've heard since then that everybody got about 90 minutes notice. Strictly speaking, on a legal basis, that's less than zero. Yeah. That's a negative announcement. So, Legendary and its partners have reportedly provided 75% of the $165 million net budget of Dune, as well as putting up a similar amount of funding for Godzilla vs. Kong. They are in for a lot of money on just those two pictures. But then you've also got, you know, all of the other films, you know, like I said, they're 17. Right. And they're not... Most of them are not small. No, but that 17 films doesn't include Batman or Fantastic Beasts 3. Those got moved to 2022 before they made this announcement. Grace Randolph was basically saying that she's... I don't know if she's been told this or if she's just speculating on this, but she said that the, the... there's a reason why they got moved to 2022 is so they could avoid this mess because that's a mess. Um, you've got, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Because the Director's Guild, where do I find that? Directors Guild of America has demanded, not requested, demanded a meeting with Warner Brothers over the streaming plan. This is dated December 10th. According to a report, Directors Guild of America has demanded a meeting with Warner Brothers over the studio's decision to release all of its movies on HBO Max in 2021. Uh, If sources of The Hollywood Reporter are to be believed... The Directors Guild of America isn't very happy with Warner Brothers for deciding to bring every one of their 2021 movies to HBO Max. Uh, directors like Christopher Nolan have already publicly criticized the move. We'll get to that in a minute. Many more directors being angered by the news. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the Directors Guild has sent a strongly worded letter. Dear <laughs> sir. <laughs> well, and in legal terms, oh, yeah. that means something. Because when when you get a strongly worded letter, there is some precision in what's in that letter. Yes. And from the legal standpoint of, dear sir... And, and a strongly worded letter in this case is not going to be like a page long. No. In a case like this, they're probably going to be quoting contract language. There may, there may be attachments. It may, the letter may actually come in a very thick envelope. Yes. And it may require you to sign for it by someone looking at you with a very, very leery eye. Yes. The report says no action has been explicitly threatened, but the Guild's opinion of the matter was made abundantly clear. It will be interesting to see how this plays out if a boycott of WB by directors could take place. Now, along those lines... When you talk about directors jumping ship, because mm. a lot of people have sat there and said, you know, for the longest time, Warner Brothers is the place for talent. Yep. They take care of their talent. They take care of their creators. They're the really, sure. really gung-ho about this. But, but we go back to Thursday 
and the Disney presentation, and Warner Brothers and DC's darling Patty Jenkins is now over at Disney directing a Star Wars movie. And nobody saw that coming. Now, Bob Iger has said for a long time that Kathy Kennedy has wanted to get a woman directing a Star Wars film for a long time. Okay, fine. Patty Jenkins is a logical choice. But nobody knew about this deal. Okay. but It, it, it wasn't out there. It wasn't even brewing. Usually there's there are reports or there's rumors or there's speculation. This was completely out yeah, of the blue. I don't... I don't, I don't. It, nobody uh, saw this. Yeah, I don't, nobody even knew that Rogue Squadron was going to be a thing. Well, sure. I mean, and because uh, we knew about Taika Waititi, right? Right. We knew he was directed. Uh, but you know, I and think, we know about the Ryan Johnson trilogy. <coughs> <coughs> oh wait. But I don't. I don't. I, see that that doesn't. Well, it it gives me. I, I, it gives me a reason to wonder. You can certainly wonder. I also if, think it, it. You could. It, it could completely be connected. It could also be completely disconnected. I think it's an interesting coincidence. Oh, it's I'll certainly say the, that. the timing. The timing is the timing is is you sh yeah. the question should be asked, uh, or could, you could or well no the question doesn't well, have to be asked. You you can okay, wonder. Let me but, spin this scenario for you because this this already happened to her mm. a couple of months ago. Sure, this whole thing has already played out for Patty Jenkins. Mm -hmm. What everybody else is going through now with the shock and awe and oh my what do you think you're doing sure, sure, sure. she's already gone through that mm -hmm. so what if in the time it took warner brothers to plunk down all this money right, to right. say nice sure. things about it she's decided well the heck with you i'm gonna go over here hey kathy you remember that phone call we had and da, 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 let's go ahead and do it but here's the here's the could thing have. it was yeah it certainly could have but on the other hand it could also be Kathy going, hey, remember that phone call we had? Could be. We we're gonna do these this slate of Star Wars films, and didn't you want to do one with it? What, which one do you want to do? And or what do you, this this could be conversations that have been going on for a long time. That could be. So the the and one of the reasons I say that is that while we certainly have directors who are somewhat loyal or continually make films with a you know, Warner Brothers or Universal or Disney or whatever, because that's who they've been working with. They've got a yeah. relationship with the company. That's well, and some producers make deals exactly. for a certain number of films at the studio. Right. We're going to do this for how long and whatever. But that's not as common as it used to be. Nowadays, you get them with networks and streaming services more than anything else. Right. We're going to do a five a five year deal with Netflix or a exactly. six year deal so, with Amazon. So, the quite frankly, Patty Je Patty Jenkins, hot director. You know, if you go and, you know, if you're if you're Disney, you're thinking, okay, Wonder Woman, that did pretty well. Let's get Patty Jenkins to do a Marvel movie. You know, you know, someone said that because that's how this works. Sure, right. I think, and the other thing is, is that the whole deal where you make a bunch of films for a studio or a streaming service, whatever, harkens back to something that I think. And I don't really have any evidence for this, but it's just that that feeling and knowing enough about Hollywood history is that part of me is going, somebody at AT&T or at the higher-ups read a book about the history of Hollywood <laughs> where a studio would just tell you what was going to happen. Right. 
And this was a thing. If you aren't familiar with the early days of Hollywood, the 30s and the 40s, um, there was a time when if a studio told, let's say, let's say you're Humphrey Bogart, one of the biggest stars in, in, in classic movie history, of course, yes. you know, famous film noir actor, you know, box, off, box office gold, okay? He was under contract to make X number of films a year. If you've never seen the Humphrey Bogart horror movie, don't be surprised. <laughs> it's very obscure, but he made one. He hated every minute of it. He was public in his dislike of doing it. They couldn't stop Humphrey Bogart from talking. Oh, sure. Because um, he's Humphrey Bogart. But they did for a lot of other actors and a lot of other directors. This was Jack Warner back in the day looked at you and said, I'm Jack Warner. Mm. I own you. And that actually is one of the reasons why we got United Artists. Yes. Because Charlie Chaplin, Lillian Gish, and several others decided, well, we don't like this deal. We're going to go make our own. And so they went and they formed their own studio. It's very much like with Image Comics back in the 90s. Right. They're going to go off and they do their own thing, create their own. Uh, Robert in the chat, there have been rumors of a film-producing stock market where the public can invest in projects, but apparently studios kill it in its cribs. I haven't heard of this. Um, uh, no, I haven't either, but honestly... The, I mean, there's crowdfunding. Yeah, there's, but, there's, there's quite a few projects that have, been, that have been crowdfunded for independent film, and I, in fact, I encourage you to do that if, if you... Find there's if you go to the various crowdfunding places, you can actually look up films. Yeah, and I would encourage you to look at those because I haven't heard of this particular thing as about. an as someone who's who's been an independent filmmaker. Um, if I ever decided that I really wanted to, to drive myself insane, uh, I would try and crowdfund uh, Devil's Fork. By the way, we uh, we have a PayPal account. Should anybody decide they want to uh, finance our trip to the last blockbuster. That'd be that'd be cool, guys. But I mean, it's so or other events. There's just something about this whole thing that just makes me complete. It's almost like a flashback to some, you know, actor going into a studio, going to being called into the studio head office and being told, "Yeah, you're going to start dating this this starlet because this really happened." Um, you know, we're because you two look great, and we're we're gonna get all the publicity for your next movie. You guys are gonna be dating for the next six months. This is a real thing that mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. It happened a lot. There were marriages that came out of this, and they were studio mandated. Because and and everyone agreed to it because it's the it's the money the, the money the money talks. Uh, but the but it was also a power thing and. and and at the time, because film was still new, mm. the people in the, the they had all the parts, they had all the things you needed. You really there was they were the only game in town, but well, that changed. And and part of that change was the government coming in with the whole RICO judgments, and it was actually it was called the Paramount decision, I think, by the Paramount ruling, that basically said you movie studios can't own all the movie theaters and just put your stuff in your theaters and eliminate competition. This was Monopoly. Right. Yeah. And you're seeing the same kind of thing play out right here where Warner Brothers is sitting there going, we've got all of this content and we're going to put it on our own streaming service and neener, 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 you're not going to be able to get it anywhere else. 
Well, and but they're people not. People have suggested they're that not the this only could ones be a RICO that. violation. That, they're not the only ones who are doing that. No, I know. I by know. any stretch and, of the okay, and, and okay. I, and I From think a, they're all wrong. By doing the it. by the by the by the by the way, um, RICO. Uh, there are very few people that I follow on Twitter because I don't like Twitter, but there is a. Uh, but it's so much fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there is there is a there is a very funny lawyer um, who I occasionally follow or pay attention to. Anyway, I don't like I said I follow very few people. Uh, but one of his running jokes is it's not Rico, <laughs> because a lot of people like so many things don't sure. understand the law, and people are like that's a Rico. No, it's yeah. not. I actually specialize in this. Law Twitter is. <laughs> fun to watch oh sometimes. it is so sometimes it's hysterically oh, yeah. funny you yeah. have no idea how funny some lawyers can be and some lawyers are not funny at all but some are really really clever so this is a this is an email and a memo to from endeavor uh executive chairman patrick weitzel to the agents of wme uh this is a this is a um a talent agency mm-hmm Dated December 11th, and he says, As I made clear to the motion picture group last week, and will reiterate now, WME rejects their unilateral decision out of hand. When Warner Brothers called us to inform us they were going to announce their decision to simultaneously release movies in theaters and on HBO Max last Thursday, we immediately told them that we are disappointed with this decision and quickly gathered the motion picture group for a call. Since then, we have engaged in follow-up discussions with the highest levels at Warner Brothers, and we are setting up a meeting. I don't know that that's going to do them much good, because this comes from higher up than Warner Brothers. This is not Toby Emmerich doing this. Right. This is Jason Kalar and and Stanky and uh, Emma, or, or Anne, oh, I've got her name in here somewhere, and I don't know. The AT and T folks. Yeah, the AT and T and Time Warner people, uh, Warner Media. Um, we have already been at work on the movie, uh, ten, the Little Things, first film on Warner Brothers' release schedule, and one that includes multiple WME clients. We have the most business with Warner Brothers out of any of the agencies, and we are aggressively working to assure that our clients are protected. Um, this is a blatant attempt to self-deal. And this is what they're going back to on the whole, yep. you make the movie, you put it out on your streaming service. And use our clients' work to build their HBO Max streaming service, which our clients have no financial interest in. And that's the crux of it, is you're, you're making all of this stuff using our people, our resources, our talent, and you're using it to sell a product... That will not benefit our clients. Right. So it's, we it's, don't get a cut from the HBO su- subscription fees. Right. I mean, because so clearly, if you're like Netflix and you're doing this, it's you're making Netflix is making the film yeah. and showing it on Netflix only. But the people who are making the film, they're getting the if they're getting points, they're getting them from Netflix. Maybe they've got a de- they've got that multi-picture deal yeah. or whatever with Netflix. This is a completely different thing. Mm. So RJ from Critical Blast in the chat, he's we're talking about law, Twitter, and some of those words that set people off. Tortious interference is another. <laughs> yeah. I tell you. you oh yeah, no kidding. This is tortious interference. It's like, no, it's uh, not. Oh, it's also uh, um, 
or if you get a case of tortious interference and law Twitter blows up saying that it's not. I mean, it could go either way. They either decide that it is or they decide that it isn't. And in most cases, they're complete morons that they have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, it depends on the case. Yeah. It depends on the case. Sometimes it's sometimes it's really, really... I know it goes it goes either way. Yeah, yeah. It and and it's a uh, uh, but it, if nothing else, if you want to go to some place where it is less likely to be com- complete cesspool, um, law Twitter is nothing else. The lang- the the quality of the language is usually higher. <laughs> Usually. Yeah. There's your quiet. Usually. It's usually. Higher. So speaking of, uh, Thomas says, Stanky, what a perfect name for, exec- for an executive. Yes. He says, during his Tuesday morning keynote conversation at the UBS Global TMT Virtual Conference, timing of this, I guess, he says, one of the unfortunate effects of the pandemic, they're going to they're gonna blame this on that, which, I, okay, you can, for, to a certain extent, is there basically has been no theatrical exhibition business. I'll give them a half point for that. 15% of the total amount, or t- 15 to 20% of the total amount is yeah. a significant That's painful drop. for a lot of people, and yet in our case, we still have a fair amount of content that was in the pipeline and being developed. So he's basically defending this decision. He says, in the theatrical business, based on our best discussion with experts, we were going to be in a situation where the psyche of the population, people's willingness to go back into large venues, go to concerts, do big group things, is going to be a little bit of a prolonged recovery, even though we're going to see progressive improvement in the dynamics of the U.S. over the next series of quarters. Of course, you've got a vaccine rolling out. Everybody is social distancing and wearing their masks, blah, 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 right? Okay, fine. Wash your hands. That that takes care of 90% of this. Anyway, so at the time you change the model, he says, uh, this is a win-win-win. Sure it is for them. It's not a win-win-win for anybody else. It's not a win for the work for the unions. It's not a win for the talent agencies. It's not a win for the theaters. Um, you have uh, one of the one of the theater groups, not the National Association of Theater Owners, but the other one. Um, because national NATO has not responded as of yet that I could see. But mm. you have <laughs> another organization. Because they're talking to their attorneys. Uh, I would imagine so. I would be. Oh, yeah. Because um, there's... there's the, <clears throat> so on one hand, you can completely understand, uh, or you should be able to completely understand, that Warner's or AT&T's first loyalty is going to be to their bottom line. Sure. Okay. So they, the the very legitimate complaint that they're not thinking about anyone other than them, themselves, on one completely legitimate level, that's not their job. That said, because they're not doing this all themselves, it's not all in-house, they have to play with others. Yeah. And they have to play well with others, and others have to want to play with them. Burning bridges... In That's, in the entertainment yeah. world, like anywhere else, but in the entertainment world, do you want to tick off 
Oh, okay. Um, how long has this thing been going on? Uh, uh, Taylor Swift's thing with her oh, back catalog, her, right? Yeah, her library. Okay. Years. How long has it been going on? And how vocal has she been about it? And how much has that indicated to her fan base? And I mean, yeah. that's a huge thing. And that's just one singer. Well, look at the rift between George Lucas and David Prowse. For example, I mean that's a minor thing in the yeah. overall grand scheme of things, but it's it has an impact. Well, and I mean just look at on everything, and look at how people you know you're talking about Johnny Depp. Wherever whatever wherever the truth lies, there are vast numbers of people who are either pro Amber Heard or pro Johnny Depp, and you can I mean you know, the and irony... that has an impact on on whether those people are going to go to see the other guy's film. Yeah, the irony of that particular case in the UK where he brought the the lawsuit against the sign yeah. is that the He's judge appealed, by the way. The judge basically said, "Yeah, you've got all this evidence, but I don't care." Well, that's 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 the distillation on I've, everywhere uh, but but here's here's the here's the problem with that. Is that unless you are someone who understands the British legal system, America, we are at a disadvantage. Just like if people, people in Britain paying attention to the American legal system. Yeah. They're very different legal systems. That's true. And the libel laws in England and the libel laws in the US are essentially speaking different languages. So if you looking at it from the American point of view in terms of the law, it is a it is an alien creature because yeah. it is incredibly different. So the, the, yeah. your best bet there is to go to someone who you know personally who's in the legal system in the UK and go who's not on Twitter. Explain yeah. this to me, and they would sit there and go, "Oh, you don't want to hear this. Yeah. It's long and painful." So, uh, so we eventually so just to to bring this back around, the Independent Cinema Alliance mm. they have responded. Uh, it's a volunteer alliance of independent cinemas operating in North America, so not the chains. Gotcha. Uh, responded to Warner Media's theatrical HBO Max 2021 slate, says they're not pleased. They're calling on the uh, they're calling on the studio to recommit to theatrical exclusivity, uh, for that's what drives value to movies, not streaming. Uh, they're also decide, you know, they're also pointing out that the vaccine is is coming. Uh, distribution plans are in place for that. Um, ICA welcomes hybrid distribution models during the pandemic as long as they have fair terms and they don't reflect long-term formal shifts in distribution strategies for studio films. Now, that's the other point because originally. You've got Tenet, you've got uh, Bill and Ted 3. These become a single one-shot, let's see what happens type right. of thing. Wonder Woman 1984 becomes a thing. Now, suddenly, it's an entire year, 17 films from a studio, and there are some people that are looking at it saying, this this could be the new model from now on. Who's... Who's to say that Warner Brothers doesn't decide that this is going to be how it is for for the for until the model changes again? They've got no reason to go back. If this ends up making them money with the HBO Max subscriptions, which are already up, ah, uh, but therein lies the problem. One of many. Well, but 
okay. All right, now I'm gonna get into the part that, that I've been thinking about for ever since we started talking about this. And you've had folks sit there and go, okay, as, and, and a lot of filmmakers talking about how, you know, we wanna have, you have to have the theater, we have to have the theater. And I completely get it. I 100% get it. Uh, Jason and I have both made films. I was the production designer, well, I guess art director. I was the production designer. Sure. Uh, for a feature film, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually very very proud of the work that I did. I loved seeing it on the big screen. I've had several of my short films on a big screen. It's wonderful. It's great having that audience there. It, it's I completely understand it. it. It is at its best moments. It's a it's an incredible high. It right? is. Can be. That said, yeah. Um, you, this is not going to last, right? We do have a vaccine. Right. Uh, just however long it takes to get out into the world, because we because here's the reality: it's not going to be next week or the week after. I think it's going to take time, right? We all know this. Gets out there, we all get vaccinated. Everything's cool. Life gets back to a different kind of normal. Because getting back to it's it, we've had a year of this. I'm not sure what normal, you know. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> but yeah. Okay. We're not going... People are going to go back to the movie theaters. Mm -hmm. The people who were going to go to the movie theaters before, and not everyone does. Some folks, they're quite content to sit at home and watch their movies on their big screen TV, which is yes. large enough that you might as well be at a movie theater and you don't have to worry about other people talking. Or paying $20 for a soda. Right. So, Okay. If if Warner's model, if the idea is that this is going to be the new model, it's not going to work. No, it won't. It's just not because people are going to go back to the theaters. And if you, if your goal is is to get everyone to get HBO Max, which that's the, ultimately that's is I mean, the goal. Because Jason Kalar, who is the the guy what in charge at Warner Media. He's responsible for making this thing turn a profit. Sure. And that includes everything. It's DC Comics, it's Warner you know, it's Warner Brothers, that's HBO Max, all of it. That's why they're selling Crunchyroll. It's why they're trying to dump uh, uh, um, Dish. They sold Simon & Schuster. I mean, they're, they're dumping units left and right. No one's going to buy Dish. No. So, so this is... Okay, when when DC decided to change just the way distribution model, yeah. everybody freaked out. Yes. Funny thing is, it actually turned out pretty well for them. For the most part, yeah. For the most part, it did. Okay. But at the same time, the DC thing became a different model because their product changed. Right. But... Here after the YA market now. Here, well, which is good because that's your. Those are the you know. Quite frankly, the older market is getting older. Except they need better YA content. So uh, we're, actually, we're not going to get into that. Actually, but. having read some of their YA content, and if you haven't, then you can't say that. But I have, and some of it is actually really good. I did. I didn't say all of it was bad. I'm uh, quite a bit of it is quite good. You may not like it. It may not be for you, no. but you know what? You're not the young adult audience. That's true. So anyway, so. okay, but but it actually kind of. 
the product here isn't changing. Right. The product is the same. It's the avenue. Mm -hmm. You get the product. And here's what the problem comes down to. The entertainment has stayed the same. Where we get it is different. Television for a long, long time, and and part of this is what they're thinking over there at, at Warner. This is my impression. I do not have an inside scoop to these folks. It would be nice to have some insiders on this. But I I have I, I can I can put pieces together and come up with something that makes sense to me. And right or wrong, this makes sense. Okay, so <clears throat> TV for the longest time was not where you wanted to be as a movie star. You, know, you, you didn't do TV. I'm a, I'm a movie star. I don't do television. Yeah. There was, a, there was a class division between movies and television. That's gone away. Mm -hmm. And by the way, this is, an, this is not entirely a uniquely American thing. But it's largely so. The UK, the dividing line between film, television, and the stage is almost invisible and has been for a very long time. Right. Like most of the entertainment career in, in the UK. It's a different model, right? But here, that distinction has been going away. Prestige TV, HBO, Cinemax, Showtime, um, uh, a&E in the early days, especially, yeah. uh, you you had these like we're pressed, we're making these you know really fan Game of Thrones, Penny Dreadful, Westworld. You see this stuff all the time, and those are the big ones. And you look at the budgets of these things; they've got feature film, multiple feature film budgets on these things. The right. Game of Thrones episode budget was insane for a TV show, and for a large part of that, it worked for them. Mm. And so you can have this stuff, right? So that, that blurring is gone. At the same time, we have this explosion of streaming services because the lessons of cable <laughs> did not sink in. And it's like this amnesia took over. This collective amnesia that all sat there and went, God, people really hate having to pay for all these multiple cable channels. Let's do this thing they hate again only with streaming services. Yeah. And, and which cost even more, by the way. Well, and I made the prediction a long while ago Twitch, that Twitch. we were going to see a similar thing like we got with cable services being bundled. Mm -hmm. We're starting to see that now because you get... HBO, you, know, you get uh, Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus right. all together in a package. And now you could get HBO. At some point, they'll make a deal for HBO Max and something, something, right. something. No, whatever. The plus side on this thing, you are getting more for this more dollars. If you're getting the entire Warner Brothers catalog, that's more than you were getting from HBO sure. and MTV or whatever, right? Yeah. Well. MTV, you're, you're not getting anything anymore. No. Um, music no. television, kids. That's what it started as. VH, remember BET, VH1, uh -huh. MTV. Three fantastic channel, channels where you get like, ugh. Oh, or, or CMT. You could you had yeah. your range right there. C didn't CMT become TNN? 
I think country so. Country music television because the Nashville Network, and then it became I don't something else. Know what well, it and, is and then if you had if you had if you had PBS, which was free, or A and E in the very early days, you had your classical selection. Yeah. Five channels, kids. You could have gotten all the music you ever needed. The Learning Channel. <sighs> It, you know, what's what's the learning channel for now, right? Home renovations. Uh, what's what do they do at HGTV? Remember, well, <laughs> the, like, what the history the History Channel, which admittedly, <laughs> admittedly, for the longest time, the History Channel was also subtitled "Now with More Nazis" because World yeah. War Two, World War Two. I mean, the, and, and now and, it's now it's with more aliens. With more Yes, and at least at least with the World War II stuff, is that if you if you wanted in depth looks at yeah. World War II and everything going, you could have gotten it there. A&E? But that's all A&E. it was for a long time, and now it's all aliens and ghost well, hunting. See, and A and E, A and E took the place. What's of the, going on? A and E took the place of the Time Life. Oh. The you know the Time Life video collection that you oh, yeah, order, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. you'd get one a month or whatever. Um, uh, Robert uh, makes a, a note in the chat, and, and I think I, I have a tendency to agree with him. He says, I'd say there's a distinction still between network TV and streaming and movies. Oh, no question. As far as the no, prestige and No stuff question. Goes, yeah. But I also think we're seeing some of that go away, too. And it's, 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 a little. It's, it's a slower process because the networks don't have... Because they still rely on advertising. They still so rely the on advertising, so budgets are a lot smaller. Yeah. But that said, I think it's changing too because I think there is a... There's been a shift, I think, on the part of actors who are... And this, of course, changes over time back and forth. But I think there are a lot more actors who are willing to do... have the regular gig of a TV job the hours are different. The structure is different. Mm-hmm. Some act, some people don't uh, uh, care for it. Was it uh, Genevieve Bougeot for yeah. Uh, Voyager? Yeah. Uh, she just wasn't prepared for the rigors of doing TV. But film has its own rigors, and so you can. Some folks are more comfortable. But that's been shifting a little bit. You've you've gotten folks who you know, Mandy Patinkin came as, became a star in movies. And has had a lovely career in television. Yeah. And so it depends on what you want to do, right? And sometimes that means you're staying at home with your family. Yeah. And that's a huge draw. But but all of this Mm -hmm. digression means that actors get certain deals and they have certain expectations mm -hmm. from film distribution that are different from the distribution deals that come from streaming services. Oh, no question. Because depending on how this, the whole thing is structured, mm-hmm. you know, there are and there are some actors who say, yes, I want to do a streaming deal because I get X percentage of whatever on, on the thing. You know, their fee structures are different. And you have all of this now, basically the entire everything, the rug has been pulled out from everybody saying, this is the way it's going to be. Yeah, but I, it's, it's not going to last. I mean, Warner's... If if they think if they think that this is going to be the new model going forward, it's not. It can't be. It's not sustainable. It. Well, I, I don't. I really don't think it is. Unless, unless, um, because because uh, um, Thomas Thomas made a point here. He says, "Do any movies get much business in theaters after a month?" Now that's a good question because back in the day. Movies stayed in theaters for a lot longer. 
your release window, of course, you didn't have home video, you didn't have streaming, you didn't have cables. But back when, say, when Star Wars was a thing, or when Star Trek The Motion Picture came out in 1979, it was in the theaters for months. months. But, but again, uh, you didn't have VHS. You couldn't That's take true. the thing home with you. So, if the deal is... We put this movie the we put this movie in the theaters and on HBO Max for a month because it's now granted they're only limiting it it's just a month it's going to be on the same time after which it goes away from HBO Max and it stays in the theaters past that thirty days so you could I'm not saying this is what they're going to do. But you could extend the theatrical run so that it is longer on the order of what you used to see back in the day. And at some point in all of that, then maybe premium video on demand where you're paying for it either in the theater or in the in the thing. But they pass awkward this. I know. No, no. But I mean, they literally did. So if you're going to do this, clearly not popular plan. But if you're going to do this, it's in the theater for a week. I'm, I'm going to give somebody a bad. I'm going to give somebody a bad idea who's going to tune into our podcast and go, "Ooh, oh, let's nobody, try this." Nobody tunes into our and podcast, and they're going to and, and they'll find out it's me, and I'm going to get in trouble. But okay, you want you want to do this thing, right? You want to drive people to your streaming service. With a feature film, uh. you put it in the, because because the majority of these films, when do they make their big box office? First or second weekend. Okay. Yeah. First week, theater only, or first two weeks maybe. Let's let's say it's it's we're we're looking at pandemic audience levels. Let's do it two weeks theater only, then it goes to your streaming service. Would this make people happy? No. People, these people would still be ticked off, and I almost said a different word, <laughs> and they would be right to be. But the so, thing is, if you're going to do this, and this is your thought, you know, hey, we want to drive people over here, yeah. and we're not going to make the money in the theaters, you still sit there and go, and, and it's still a hard sell to Legendary or, or an actor or any of these folks, but they just did this, comp the, the, the model they have chosen... While it, uh, on one level, it offers the consumer choices, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, that's what Supposedly. you want to do, right? You want to yeah. you want to offer you want to give yeah. them a choice, right? You want to sit there because because they already do. You can go you can go see it in the theater, or you can wait for it to come out on streaming or right. VOD or whatever. There's a delay though, right? There's a delay. Yeah. Well, here that you could, if you were to do this, mm -hmm. and if you're going to do this again. Not recommending it because I can see there are problems with this. You put it in the theater exclusively for one or two weeks, and you grab that audience who is gonna go to the theater. Yeah, and then you pull it over to your thing. The 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 two problems with that is you have you have movies that have huge budgets and they're not going to make them back in the two weeks in theatrical now what that could be what that could end up sh happening is 
maybe we get away from the big blockbuster tentpole things where every movie costs a bajillion dollars to make and we get into maybe some of these smaller budget pictures like you know for 20 or 30 million instead of 150 300 million dollar pictures where the the risk now if you go with smaller budgets maybe your risk is is mm -hmm. lower and you rearrange the deal so okay we're in our the movie theaters for the first couple of weeks we go to streaming but the other part of that is you've got to be able to in order to avoid the legal hassles and the RICO threats and whatever else law Twitter is going to come up with, Warner Brothers has to be open oh, no. to other streaming services taking their film. If they can make a bigger, if Netflix can make a better offer than what HBO Max is going to do, then you're uh, no. Because otherwise, otherwise you're into that self-dealing. Well, where, yes, and, yeah, okay, where, yes and no. Because, the agencies are going to have a problem with that. Well, but it depends. Or, or the, the, the finance partners, because well, Legendary has a problem with therein that. Therein becomes the question, is is if your finance partners are in agreement, you don't have a problem. Yeah. It's not self-dealing. Um, but because of the fact that so many different people are coming together, because these are not cheap movies to make. Right. $300 million movies did not used to be a thing. No, and and it they have become a thing to the detriment of the smaller pictures, oh, no the question. twenty, thirty, forty million dollars. And yet, pictures. strangely enough, and this is why this is why I don't think this is going to be a model that is going to continue. So even if even if every studio were decide agree to do this for twenty twenty one, they would not. But even if they were to, twenty twenty two would roll around, and people would sit there and go. Hey, you know what? We've got the vaccine, and and it's been months, and and we've had this little outbreak over here, and this one over here. But the vast majority of us are doing okay. And you know yeah. what? I get. I'll, I'm. It's, we get I, to the point where it's just another flu. Where you get yeah. So two, you get two shots a year instead of one, right? Awesome. But so it's not going to last. You're going to have people who are going to go back to the theaters. If they were going to go to the theaters in the first place, they're going to go back to them again when they feel that it's safe. Mm. Therefore, they're not going to have as much impetus to go ahead and get and right. and you know what? Just because someone signs up for a streaming service doesn't mean they're going to keep that streaming service. Exactly. And you look at the numbers for how many have signed up mm. because HBO Max is now sitting at something where like what? I don't know. Not a lot. Disney with their Disney Plus where the only real original thing that they've got right now to offer is the Mandalorian. Mm. They have 68 million subscribers, which is about where they were projecting to be in 2024. Their subscriptions have just blown up through the roof. And also the Disney catalog. Well, sure, but I'm sorry. As far as like original, yeah, yeah, yeah. original mm -hmm. content, because the whole the whole idea of a streaming thing was, hey, we've got our own TV network. It's like Paramount wanted to do when they, 
finally well, that, got around to UPN. That's not the whole. That's not the whole thing. It's Be, not the whole thing because because you it's part of the thing. Well, it's it is. We have but, a place where we can put our stuff after we make our stuff. Right, but it's also it. a place where we can consolidate our stuff and take it away from other people. Yeah, and basically say if you want. The Disney movies, you gotta come to us, right? And you put it behind a paywall for and it's, good it's, and for ill, because yeah. there's, there's, yeah, that, the argument of this model is yeah. a. So, so you've got that big thing now. Just mention, I mentioned Disney. Disney last week did their big mm-hmm. investor presentation on Thursday. What I heard from a couple of different places was that the Disney presentation was originally scheduled for earlier, Uh and it got pushed back. I also heard that after Warner Brothers had made this big decision and this big announcement and everybody blew a gasket, Disney, apparently that night, and I I haven't seen confirmation of this, this is one of these my sources tell me type things, so take it with a grain of salt, but the word is that Disney had an emergency meeting the night that Warner Brothers made this big announcement, Mm. which was a week before the investors' presentation. So now the speculation comes, because you've got this this big Disney thing that they're going to roll out, and here's all this thing. Now, I sat and I watched this whole thing. I didn't do the financial Q&A. But yeah, I bailed from that. But I saw everything else, mm. and it's all Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus. Now there's two things to consider. Disney Plus is in more markets than HBO Max. Sure. HBO Max is not out worldwide yet. Right. They are behind the eight ball on this, and for them to sit there and say we're going to do this kind of a deal, or we're going to do mo- day and date for movie theaters and and streaming the movie theaters are doing better worldwide than here sure ish not by much but you've got more places internationally where the theaters are open to a certain extent more than they are here because you've got people sitting there going everything's closed and that's a whole nother thing but Disney has Disney Plus all over. Now that you're they're rolling out this star thing, they're they're doing away with certain services in order for right. you to subscribe to Disney Plus and here's this new thing. Um, down in Brazil or down yeah, down in Latin America, they've taken all of their uh, distribution deals away from various different partners in order to funnel everything like you're talking right. about. If you want it, you're going to have to come here to get it. Mm-hmm. So, um, my personal theory, because I suspected when they were due to do the big presentation, my prediction was that they were going to roll out the same decision. They were going to announce the same decision. We were going to get Black Widow in movies and theaters and Disney Plus at the same time. And we were going to get the Eternals. Everything that they had slated for 2021, we were going to get the same thing from Disney. And I have to wonder if that was the plan until Warner's did theirs and everybody went, oh, wait a minute. And they had this big, because we heard the emergency executive session 
And they sat there and they went, okay, we can't say anything about uh, that yet. I, I, I'm, I would say that it's possible, but I doubt it. Because what's the one, Raya and the Last Dragon? That one's going to hit theaters and Disney Plus at the same time in March. But so they're doing it one at a time, well, it's, which I'm, I'm speculating here, but it's possible, oh, it's, it's certainly possible that they had the plan to do the year-long slate like because everybody's doing it. The thing is, they already tried it with Mulan, but the model they used was different. They sat there and they said, okay, we're going to make Mulan available to Disney Plus subscribers, but you're going to have to pay an extra 30 bucks to get it. Right, right, right. That didn't work. So they've already rolled through this once. Warner Brothers and HBO Max, they have it. And HBO Max, they don't have near the footprint worldwide mm -hmm. as Disney Plus does. So all of these different things, I have to wonder if Disney didn't pull back on something. Because it's all... That entire presentation was Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus. Barely a mention of any of their movies. They hardly mentioned... I mean, Eternals, they just... Oh, yeah, yeah Eternals. Oh, yeah, and, and we got Blade in, in the pipeline. And uh, 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 Black Widow in May. Everything in that, in that presentation was Disney Plus. And I have to wonder if they pulled the theatrical stuff out. It's possible... I I would say that I think it would be, based on their experience with Mulan, the model would be different. Oh yeah, and I think in it would possibly be closer closer to my thought of it goes in the theater for a while and then and then it comes back up because I think that there's definitely there's, there's been no question you cannot get around the fact that this year people have not been going to the movie theater right. they just haven't and so if you're going to make money with movies it's not going to be in the movie theater in the US internationally that's depends on where you are yeah i mean it, it you're if you're do, doing it in the you trying to do it in the UK it's not going to happen there either. They're more shut down than we are, and they're, it's about to get much, much worse. So you're looking at, I mean, you're going far afield. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, you have your your Asian market, which studios are all, have already been relying on for a significant chunk of their income. Well, Some of that's opened up more, but even so, I mean, part of the, it's going to have to be a different model. Part of the problem with that, though, is you've already got contracts in place with your talented your creative people right. well, that now you're making a completely different switch on how that money is going to be coming in where it's coming from who gets it and unless you have renegotiated those contracts there's going to be all sorts of legal ramifications but it's the same it's the same thing for disney so if they if they right. they would not be able to make all those changes in between Announcement and presentation. There's not enough. Unless they time. were planning to do the same thing that Warner Brothers did, but and if just they, arbitrarily just decide to do it. Well, but if they if they were planning to, well, yeah, but see, because if every studio huh, decides to do hand, that, if mm -hmm. every studio decides to do that, yeah, but. then 
what recourse do the talent agencies have? Well, but if or every if, the, if you know the guilds or the, but, the unions or anything, because if everybody's doing it, you can't play one against the other. You can't right, sit there but and not go, every, "Hey, Warner Brothers, we don't like what you did." We're going to but go not every business. studio is going to just pull it out of the blue. No, now, but admit, the big ones. Now, admittedly, you almost expect Di Disney would almost be the one you expect. I expected them to do it, uh, as opposed to Warner Brothers, because. For all the fact that we love the mouse and they have all our cool toys. Not so cool anymore. Their legal department is... Oh, yeah. But, that said, and please don't sue us, Disney. Um, please don't hit me. Well, their stock went up 12% <laughs> on please Friday. Please don't hit me, Mickey. Uh, yeah, well... You would... I, mm, the studios... The only way that would work is if all the studios got together and agreed, which would also be illegal, yeah. by the way. Rico. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> the... It's not a sustainable model. No. And it's not going to work. For all the fact, for all the fact that the, the, the line between movie and television is blurring in terms of the quality of the work we're getting, the quality of talent it's drawing, for all that fact, and as much as people are going to sign up for a streaming service or whatever, I mean, I, I, I'm I signed up for three. I've got Netflix. I've got uh, Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. um, I've got Shudder. There's my horror thing. Yeah. Um, I had, oh, I got, I got stuff through IMDb. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Which I did not realize for the longest time is that I got, I got movies from IMDb, too. Um, I'm well, because Amazon owns them now. Exactly. Yeah. So, but, well, to, but to your point though about the about the impact that this has on the on the theaters, because we were talking about it a little bit before we started. <sighs> Television was going to kill movies. Right. Yeah. Back in the back in the what the forties and fifties or, or you know whenever, and TV was going to kill radio. I mean, everything has always been going to kill oh, the next video. Thing. Video was going to murder movies. Yes, video v killed v the radio stuff. VCRs were going to be the death of the movie industry. You monsters, how could you? And what is going to happen here, I think, your independent movie theaters... And your drive-ins and your your smaller, maybe three or four theater building mm. groups, maybe Warren, B and B, you know those right, kind of yeah, things yeah. where they're local, regional. Mm. We just have four locations instead right. of four hundred. AMC is going to get hurt by this badly. Regal, Cinemark, all of those, they're going to get hurt. Your independent theaters are going to be able to pivot on this a little bit more flexible because they can do the projection on the wall in the parking lot. You get the drive-in theaters that can do stuff. Yeah. You can do, you know, indie films, art films. Mm -hmm. You can do, you know, hey, you might... I made a romantic comedy that nobody's ever seen. Let's go put it in the theater. The insane. Screenland Armor just did a poll. Screen, what do you guys want to see? Yeah, Screenland we'll Armor right, yeah, here. Yeah. They're saying, you know, we could do this. Because what you can do is if you've got access to the content, whether it's 
a new film that nobody's seen before, or if you do like Fathom Events does, where we sit right. there and go, "Hey, it's the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Let's put it back on the screen." Right. You know, or you could have a a, a, a charity fundraiser night. We'll do all three Back to the Future movies, and you've and we'll got a lot more flexibility version. as independent. You do, and I think they're going to be relatively okay coming out of this more so than the national chains. I think that's one of the reasons why NATO, the National National Association of Theater Owners, not NATO overseas, uh, I think that's one of the reasons why they haven't responded yet because they don't know how yet. They don't know what their response needs to be. Right. Because really there's no way to predict what's going to happen here. Because if Legendary brings legal action, uh, I, I, which is likely... We can predict it, though. I think I think we can. Well, we're, we can, can speculate. Well, we can... No, I, I can make a prediction. Predictions are often wrong. There's a long history of people <laughs> well, making sure, predictions that sure, are you wildly wild incorrect. Predictions. Sure, go <laughs> I ahead. I mean, have, have, you, have, you met, have you met humanity? They do it all the time. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> There's there's a there's this thing called the gambling industry. You may uh, have heard of it. Uh, uh. All right, um, I predict we're within the month. We're going to see a whole lot of backtracking. You think it's going to take that long? Um, yes, because it's Christmas. Well, there is that. It's December. Within within a month, not within the month. Within will, a month. I will disagree with you to a point only because we've already got the top executive, Ann Sarnoff, that's her mm-hmm. name. We already have Stanky and Jason Kalar doubling down saying, No, 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 this is a good decision. This is this is really gonna be this is gonna be fine. Yeah, yeah. Within a month. The house is on fire. The dog says, "This is fine. That's these. That's these guys." Within a month, and I and I, you know what? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm again. It's a prediction. I hope you're right. But I th- and and we'll see what happens if I'm wrong. But I think they're going to because you're going to have folks like Legendary, and they're hardly the only ones. And there's a lot of other big people involved in this who are going to look at them and go, "Fine." But this is the last thing we're doing with you. Yeah, well, and they, we're already seeing that Christopher. You know, we're we're hearing that Christopher Nolan may be done with Warner Brothers. Uh, okay, maybe. Just, I, okay, I'll be more concerned when I can understand what his characters are saying. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's he makes beautiful movies, but the, he can't mix audio. <laughs> he makes he makes an interesting point in his statement to Hollywood Reporter. He basically says, "We went to bed." Working for the best movie studio in Hollywood, we woke up working for the worst streaming service. And I think that's going to factor into this decision to backtrack because, oh, we were going to roll out HBO and all of these markets, and we're not able to do that yet, so we're going to hold off. Let's reevaluate a little bit. Right. And I think that that they run into... So the timing of this... A lot of the timing of this is just poor for them. If they had the international, if HBO Max was international at this point, I don't know that this would still be, this would still be a bad decision. But the impact would be different. They're not. They don't have the reach. I think if they had waited to see what happens with Wonder Woman, it might have gone over better. 
And quite frankly, if, if Wonder Woman, if it had worked with Wonder Woman, and hopefully it will, I, quite frankly, I want Wonder Woman to succeed. I'd like to have more Wonder Woman films. But say it succeeds, it succeeds, then you could sit there and go, but look at the numbers. And people would sit there and go, okay. Yeah. And then you'd still be taking a chance. Yeah. But, eh. Well, I'm I'm taking a chance running a little bit long tonight. I'm seeing... Shocked. I'm seeing, Shocked uh, we are. A pumpkin... pumpkin aura over there so we're going to wrap it at that we're going to leave it and see we're going to keep an eye on this oh yeah and see what happens i don't know that it's going to go well for anyone for a while hopefully your prediction is is right and we get something because unfortunately if my prediction is wrong we've got a whole other show to talk about it uh that's true all right yes yes next week next week it is episode 250 we hit a milestone next week. It is an anniversary week. It is episode 250. So we want you to be back for that. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell, tell you know people, hey, you got to go see, watch this show. We have no idea what we're going to talk about yet. We've had some ideas. We've got some ideas. And, we, and you know, if you've got suggestions, you want to send us a note, h2o at sci-fi4me.com, or you can leave a comment. Uh, thanks everybody for uh, your comments in the chat Robert Thomas thank you very much thanks, for guys. being here and uh, those of you who are watching in replay uh, you could leave your comments as well or listening or listening yeah if you're if you're listening to one of the the podcast player platforms then uh, certainly we want to have your your comments and thoughts too and we will be back next week. Uh, don't forget, also, we have just dropped a new Foreign Bodies. Mm -hmm. We have uh, a Ranker Pit coming up on Friday. Maybe a Tartar Sauce this week? I, I, think we're, this I, week? I think we should be doing it this week. Okay, and live from the bunker Monday through Thursday at noon central. In the meantime, be sure that you are subscribed. Have your notifications turned on. Watch as much of the videos that we have as you can to get our watch time up. And we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Right. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.